This is the Misdirected Mark Podcast, a podcast about gaming, game mastering, and entertaining you, our listeners. We are explicit, you have been warned, and I'd like to thank Mike Willard for letting us use his music on our show. Now let's pick up those mics and get on with this thing. All right, hey, uh, put the extra cup over there. Right, I'm so excited. I love when we get new people in the house misdirected. Yeah, we've uh, while we've had guests before, we have not had a guest since lockdown. Yeah, and you know this this is MMP family. So in the bubble. Yeah, yeah. Well, true. But this is one of my favorite topics, and she's a super geek. Was one of the first two podcasts I ever listened to. Part of why I got me into all of this. Yeah, yeah. No, I see. I can see that. And I'm excited to get their input on gaming and IPs. Hey, everybody. It's like a convention base camp up in here. Uh, though after listening to the last few shows, I expected to see more donuts and or Timbits. I could use uh, a donut myself right now. Yeah, Timbits would be really good right now. So I don't that, think we have any in the whole state of Colorado, quite honestly. <laughs> Sad. Well, I could make a, I'm not going to make a joke about, about eating more munchies in Colorado. Anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> so with all that, welcome to the 420th episode of the Miss Method Mark podcast. This week, we continue our exploration of playing RPGs and published intellectual properties with the help and advice of guest star Andy Fox. Hey, and along the way, we're going to be taking questions, suggestions, examples from the chat room for life before jumping into the after show. But first, my name is Jerry. My name is Phil. My name is Andy. And you know who I am, Old Man Logan. All right, kids, before we can hit the lobby, we have to do our standard COVID times temperature check. Because we want to make sure everybody's in good shape before we walk into the house and hang out together for two hours or longer if we run long. You never know with Phil. That's the way it works. So we'll start with the guest. Andy, how are you feeling? Yes. I'm doing okay. Good, good, good. Yeah. <laughs> Mentally, physically, everything's awesome? Yeah, I mean, I'm a little tired from shoveling snow. Oh, yeah. That'll do it. Because we had a big old blizzard in Colorado, pretty much throughout the entire state, I think, so, Lovely. over the weekend, and now we're getting more snow, so. Oh, Just when you think it's over. But then it'll be like 70, like, next week. Or yes, yeah. So. yeah, that's that's how it works. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. All right, Andy's good. Phil, how are you feeling? I am uh, fine physically. I am junky mentally. Um, not feeling great. Got a little of the um, espresso depresso. Um, going, um, I've been kind of just exhausted, um, from work and stuff. It's, um, I don't know. It's also hit me. This is the one year. Uh, we'll talk about it in the, we'll talk about it in the, um, later in the community, uh, section and maybe in the after show, but this is officially one year. This is the anniversary of when my office locked down, um, was, uh, was today. And, um, and it's been a hell of a year, like pandemic aside, like I've been, I don't think I've ever been this busy at work, um, in the course of a year. And so I'm exhausted, uh, and on the edge of burnout. And I really can't take any days for a little while because one pandemic and, and two, I have a number of these, um, high priority projects. So I'm just kind of riding it through and I'm like, eh, uh, I am going to get like a day off next week, but I'm, uh, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm pretty worn down right now. So mentally, Give myself like a C minus. I'm gonna send you more more videos of cute kittens then. Yeah, that never hurts. Never hurts. I mean, at this point, I'm just kind of buffering against 
you know, just kind of slipping off and just turning into a cocoon on the couch. Babo, how about you? Uh, I, too, am feeling the coronaversity. coronaversary. Um, it's uh, it's had its ups and downs, that's for sure. Um, mostly, though, um, with the exception of that and, and a little uh, frustration earlier today that I will possibly get into later, but it was nothing. It's just uh, Disney Plus billing crap. <clears throat> I was a little frighteningly uh, annoyed. <laughs> but, uh, you know, hey, it's... Uh, it is what it is. Physically, I feel pretty good. So, um, you know, I'm not discounting that. That's a good thing. How about you, Jerry? I'm exhausted. I had a lot of fun last night playing online. And uh, unfortunately, I was sitting here playing online with a small uh, container full of uh, chocolate uh, whoppers. and ate way too many while not paying attention to how many I was eating. <laughs> and then so last night I got up oh, no. and uh, was very sick about them. So I got like three hours sleep last night. So, but I had a good day at work and I'm here with friends and I'm all fired up. I'll just be dragging again tomorrow. So, but other than that, mentally, it is what it is. It's another week. Um, uh, I have a new employee and they're working out very well. So that's just great. I've got a, I've got a good staff. So this work, the last two weeks at work have been excellent, busy, but lots and lots of people pulling together. And it always makes for a, a, a decent work day. So I feel better. So that's me. All right. Let's head on into the lobby then. Everybody have their masks? Hmm. Yes. I actually have a Star Wars mask somewhere, but I'm not sure where it is. <laughs> I probably have a very similar one that you have. I know mine's upstairs. <laughs> hey, Jerry, try and put Darth Vader in the middle of your head. <laughs> what, uh, for our podcast listeners, Bob is trying to tell Jerry how to line up with the camera to fit better in the stream. You need to tell me which way to move the camera. So if you want me to move left, you need to tell the camera to move right. That's what I need to know, because... Uh, I, I move know, towards I, I, Darth I Vader. I, I don't know how to move. Camera left. You right. Cam my right. Okay. There you go. That's better. Okay. <clears throat> now don't move. <laughs> yeah, we don't We've got a little hours. less margin for error with these zoomed in uh, four people. Yeah, thing. You know how much. <laughs> you know how likely that's going to be. So. I'm cheating. My background has circles in it, so I just keep my head in the circles. Right. Anyway, uh, we're on to one thing, right? <laughs> No, we're oh, to actually no, no. Guests. First, we gotta first we have to intro our guest. Oh, sure. I mean, we we all know Andy and are, are totally comfortable, but there's possibly some people who are listening to the podcast who don't know who Andy Fox is. So, Andy, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm Andy Fox. Okay, but then tell us a little bit more. <laughs> well, you probably know me from uh, She's a Super Geek. Mm -hmm. You might know me from the Wednesday Evening Podcast All Stars, but I'm I'm here. More or less because I'm on the Redemption Podcast, which is a Star Wars podcast. You can find them at redemptionpodcast.com or on Twitter at redemptionpod. And we are set in the Clone Wars era. So I have some strong feelings about playing in established IPs that I I said last week, hey, I'd love to share with people. And Phil took me seriously. So here I am. There you go. Uh, yeah, that's the fastest way to get on the show. It's like, hey, I'd like to be on the show done we used to be we used to be terrible at having guests on when we had to like when we were recording live and we would have to bring somebody yeah. in but now that you know in these pandemic days since the show's now all done on zoom um other than bob having to wrestle obs 
um, bringing you in like anyone else is like having anyone else on. So yeah, which is great. I'm super excited to be here. I'm a little intimidated. It's kind of funny. No, intimidated rubbish. This is just us. You've known us. You've known us forever. And you've got more. You've got like three times the podcast chat that I had, and they took me and I got through this. So you'll have no trouble. You've been on multiple podcasts, and I mean you. You've GM'd on multiple podcasts. You've handled yes. both. You've handled both podcasting and wrangling players. One of whom was Senda. So I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, here's what you need to know about Senda. If there's a love triangle, she will turn it into a love quadrilateral. Exactly. Or more. Exactly. Yes. Just um, let her do it. I actually after listening to this week's podcast, I still think that uh, disaster pansexuals need to be a, a, another game. So. Uh, <laughs> Oh man! Uh, and, if, and if you didn't get that, listen to this week's Panda's Talking Games. There you go. So. Oh uh, yes, it is a real podcast. Yes. Hey, it's a real podcast. Mm. It's a real. <laughs> that that was my gift to Senda when we finished Saskeek Was I gave up my bit about pandas not mm-hmm. being a pandas is five years old. Um, mm-hmm. Pandas is five years old this week. Wow. We only realized that while we were on the mics wow. doing the math. Matthew is hard. Oh, Matthew is hard. All right, so now we can move over to one thing. There we go. Woo, one thing. One thing where we talk about one thing that's kind of rocking our world right now. Uh, Andy, what? What's, yes. What's your one thing? So there was a blizzard, and I live a little bit west of Denver, and I needed to get out and go to the store today, and. I thought it would be fine. Our street never gets plowed, but the main streets were fine. And um, so I, I I got in my car and um, treated it like I used to treat my Subaru. But I don't have a Subaru anymore. Ooh. I have a Honda. And I got stuck. Um, those and, of us who are not car people, what does that mean? Uh, a Subaru could have made it where a Honda got stuck. Subaru is a four-wheel drive, okay, so it would have just rolled right pretty over. Pretty much yeah. every Subaru that rolls off the assembly line is four-wheel drive. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. So, yeah, this this is a little Honda Insight, and it's, I mean, it's adorable, and I love it, and, you know, gets great grass mileage. It's a, it's a... It's a cute... It's a wonderful little car. Partially electric. I'm blanking on the name. Oh, okay. Hybrid. Uh, hybrid. Hybrid. Thank you. Oh, my ah, gosh. I can't believe nice. So... Um, and so Senda came out and was helping me and got kitty litter and it made me the kitty litter to help with the, if you've never gotten stuck, yeah. you use kitty litter to gain traction. And, yes. um, mm-hmm. I was really overwhelmed and stressed out and I, I, really do, you got to do the rock. Her. She is the, yes, yeah. she taught me the rock. So that's yeah. the thing. Like the one thing <laughs> is about what's rocking your world. Like I learned the rock today yeah. and Senda had to count me in. She was like, all right, <laughs> you know, one, two, three, go, two, three, off, two, three, and we finally got myself back into uh, the parking spot, and I gave up. But I just wanted to send a shout out to Senda. You are the best roommate ever, yay. and I really appreciate you. And then Senda took her car and went to the store instead of me. <laughs> uh, having uh, being a, a being a citizen of Buffalo and having uh, at least more than once gotten stuck in my own driveway. Oh yeah. Um, I totally, uh, I totally get yeah. that. And yes, the rock is, um, that is, that technique is a thing that, uh, you just, you, you eventually learned here in Buffalo, yeah. no matter what. Mm-hmm. I honestly, I don't need it that much in Colorado because it, uh, you know, the snow usually <clears throat> melts by 10 a.m. the next day. Right. <laughs> but <laughs> this was a, a snowstorm of decent length. We got 
I feel like we got like two feet and then it's snowing now even more. So, and because nobody plows the road, there was just big hunks of like snow ice that, you know, nobody could get over. So yeah, I got the route, the rock. Yeah. That's actually the other thing we take for granted around here is that um, one, we're completely flat, but two, we actually have excellent snow removal. Like snow doesn't really persist. Like unless it, it has to get like multiple feet, before yeah. it stays yeah. like anything from two feet or under like by at least by lunchtime your street will be clear yeah. so senda is telling me 27 inches we got 27 inches impressive yeah yeah we've seen uh we've seen you know deep deep snow even even a couple of years ago when we had the the was it the november storm where we got six feet of snow yeah and, you know by by that afternoon i was out on the road driving to pick people up and then we came back and had a had a, had a, a cookout because they cleared enough the roads around us to do that yeah now that's where i live south of us it was a little different but yeah, yeah south you, of south of you they showed up with the national guard front loaders yeah, and yeah. dump trucks yeah. to carry them right. away yeah as long as it as long as it doesn't accumulate more than a foot or two an hour we can keep up with it yeah yeah so yes we do not have that infrastructure no 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 that's okay. again that's why that's why buffalonians get blasé about this thing but we also have a lot of supports in place that yeah allow us to be kind of blase about it yeah, yeah. okay gonna snap us back into the yep, yep, yes. snap us back we we're, we are four people so we do have to actually have drifting. a slightly faster get it pace. snow drift oh <laughs> uh, uh, yes we've been drifting. turn yeah. into it bob I turn need, into it i need a i need a rim shot on my, on my soundboard here all right who's next oh me i'm next look at that <laughs> cracking the whip here i'm the taskmaster um so yeah um you probably can't really tell the the audio only people definitely can't tell but new glasses who dis um yeah i got um they're new nice glasses um oh. like almost two weeks ago um i had them delivered to me and then when they came they were kind of like not really ready to go on my face they needed several adjustments and then my roommate got the covid and we went into quarantine so i couldn't go out and get them adjusted so i've been wearing the old ones and uh, finally ran out today now that quarantine is over and got them adjusted and I'm wearing them and I'm going through that adjustment phase where everything's a little off. Yeah, everything's like still super crisp. Yeah. Uh, so, hey, I can see. Woo, yay. Um, that's me. And now we're going to move on to Jerry and I'm going to gush with Jerry. Yeah. Uh, this weekend, um, uh, Chris decided to rope uh, Bob and I into trying Valheim with him, which is basically Viking Minecraft. Um, and we're having an absolute blast. It is super cooperative. If you want to play it that way, um, you can hit a button such you can't hit each other. So we can like shoot arrows around and not worry about fucking somebody in the head. Yeah. You can um, literally click on something to turn PVP on and off in the same way. <laughs> yeah. And, and it, and it comes triggered no PVP as opposed to the opposite. Yeah. So, um, but it's just, it's a lot of fun. You build things, you gather resources, you, Hunt animals and kill them for their food and for, for their for their meat and for their skin and then use that to make stuff and yeah. um uh, it's just it's and then you encounter something that's like hey we're doing really well you turn the corner there's a troll that just kills everybody with one snake and that's part of the fun of it is you learn you learn a lot to run away from things yeah. a lot um or lure into stuff and the more people you have the more fun it is because you can uh, build things faster for example our you have to keep moving around and building more bases because You'll move someplace else. You can build someplace to stay out of the out of the, the at night. So a lot of times, like uh, 
Bob, Bob and Chris will be building this elaborate structure. I'm out running around getting resources because that's my thing. Um, it's just a lot of fun. It's exploration and yeah. it's beautiful. You sit on top of the hill at night and you count the stars. It's just kind of neat. So it's a yeah, lot the, of fun. The graphics on it are really nice. Um, for people who play console games and, and PC games, um, like I'm super behind the times. Like this is the kind of graphics that I'm not used to because I've been playing Minecraft. Okay. <laughs> So these are like super nice graphics compared to where I've been for the last five years and, and even longer because I just don't play video games. The last real video game that I played was Unreal Tournament. So that's where we are there. Um, and it just, it, it was surprising to me how well it scratched that itch like Minecraft does. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, oh man, this is, this is a lot of fun. So yay. That's cool. So that's Valheim and Jerry. Phil. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm going to gush about iHunt. We played uh, iHunt on Sunday gush, gush. Um, and finished out our pilot episode, um, taking down the Jersey werewolf. Um, it was quite good. Um, I had a lot of fun. Um, I had a lot of fun running it. Tony, once again, um, stepped up with a curveball that we like. It was it was enough of a curve. I had to stop the game real quick, make sure we were all on the same page. Mm-hmm. I was a little worried which was for fine. half a minute. <laughs> Yeah, Tony's character wanted to talk the werewolf out of doing what it was doing. And I'm like, yeah, the tagline for this game as a reminder is, you know, killing monsters in the gig economy. So we're not going to be talking the werewolf out of um, out of it. But he decided that his character was going to. And the good part about the pilot is that you actually don't engage any of the rules. You just talk about what happens. So um, so he got bit. Um, and then Bob had to kill the werewolf. Um, actually Bob and Tony killed the werewolf. Yeah. Um, and, and then Tony wound up being fine because the werewolf was too new to, uh, be able to infect and create another werewolf. Um, which led to our finale when we discovered the werewolf was part of a CrossFit gym. Um, <laughs> no, no, you said you, you mispronounced cult, a CrossFit yes, cult. cult. Correct. A um, Jersey yes. CrossFit cult. Yes. yes. Jersey CrossFit cult. Uh, led by a female werewolf who was the um, the head werewolf, and there was a confrontation um, where they confronted her in the gym and had a big fight yep. using all the CrossFit equipment. Um, we use those big and, ropes that you, <laughs> yes, the tire that you <laughs> the, flip, the tire right through through like a tire at I her. I parkoured yeah. through the hole in the tire. It was great. Yeah. So I also got um, I also got my physical book, uh, which is glorious. Like. Um, I love it. It is, it is enormous for a fate book. It is the biggest fate book I've ever seen since, um, <clears throat> oh, what's that one? The space one. Oh my gosh. Um, Star Jammer or whatever. Like no, that, no, no. like it's bigger. It, 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 it seems bigger than that one. Um, it's a beast. It's an eight and a half by 11. It is 384 pages. Uh, but it is gorgeous. The layout's gorgeous. The, it's full color. Um, I love everything about this game. Um, I, I didn't realize how much I was going to enjoy this game until I started reading it and got into it. Mm-hmm. Um, Mind Jammer. Thank you, Jared. Mind Jammer. Mind Jammer, not Star Jammer. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I'm hooked, man. Like, I think I Hunt's good. I think we're going to have a lot of fun with I Hunt. I think it's, um, I think it falls in, in the Venn diagram of our group. It falls right <laughs> yeah. into that space where um, it's a little bit of real life and not. And it like every game that we've played where we have that, just hits right with with uh with that particular group so uh, i'm excited i'm excited and i like bob's uh 
Bob's character concept has actually come out perfect for the yeah. uh, for the game. You just didn't realize you were going to be like the experienced hunter. Yeah. <laughs> Surprise. Yeah. So anyway, I hunt. Fantastic. Yeah. Cool. All right. Moving us along to announcements. I'll keep this short. Voyager watch party is uh, entering week two uh, t- tonight for the live folks. Um, listen, it is early enough to get in on this. Um, okay. If you are Voyager curious or maybe you love Voyager and you want to come back to it, um, jump in now. Like it's it, it's way early enough to jump in. Um, there are a couple more jump in points, uh, but if you wanted to get in at the ground floor, like now would be a perfect time to get in. We're still in season one. Um, season one's a short season, so we're actually only going to be in season one till the end of this week. Yeah, that's right. I had forgotten um, it was only 15 episodes long. Only a 15 episode oh. first season. Also, there's a journaling game. Yes. If you yes. want to be extra nerdy. The journaling game is brilliant, by the way. It's, and Oh, my gosh. I love it. Yes. Yeah. You, Jared, you, well you played. Play, yeah, you you journal as a lower deck uh as a lower deck ensign or enlisted onboard voyager. Mm-hmm. Um and there's going to be some times, I think there's one there was one last week in the last episode we had in the list and there'll be some future ones where that journaling will be a lot of like even extra fun mm-hmm. based on the episodes. Yep. So anyway, um Voyager, time yeah. to get in is now. Um okay. we're definitely doing that. I'm going to do one more before I kick it to Jerry. A reminder, we are not streaming next week. March 23rd, we are not streaming, which means that there will be no podcast the following Monday on March 29th. Um, we are taking, we are taking a week off. I am getting my COVID vaccine number two. Right. On, uh, on Monday, the 22nd. So it is a crapshoot whether or not I will be fine on the 28th. I could be super sleepy. I could be totally fine. I could be like splitting headache. I'm sorry, 23rd. Thank you. Oh, yeah. 23rd for the live show. 23rd is the Tuesday. Right. 23rd is Tuesday. 29th is the 29th is the Monday. Mathing is hard. (laughs) I got this, man. Project. I'm literally staring at a calendar. That's the only reason why I know. I have to stare at a calendar all day for work purposes, Uh, right? So, yeah. So the 23rd, we record live. It would drop on the 29th. None of those are happening. We'll be back on the 30th. What? It drops a week later. Do you know when your own episodes drop? No, I don't know when our episodes drop. Do they not drop on Mondays? No. No, they, they drop, drop on, on Tuesdays. Tuesdays. Pandas Whatever. drops on Mondays. All right, fine. That's then why yes, I keep the telling 30th. you it's the 30th. <laughs> yeah, you got to tell me that the Take show the drops. in order. I, I thought you were trying to tell me it was Monday. I'm like, Monday's the no. 29th. No. All right, whatever. The show, so there were not so going to be a show. there's a show, and yeah. we won't have one that time. There'll be a show later after Eventually, that. we'll get to it. Probably. I'll come back. <laughs> we'll bring I'm not making back. any I'm not making any promises after this week. We'll drag we'll you see. in kicking and screaming. Don't worry about it. All right, what anyway. else we got? All right. Okay. Jerry, give us the last one before we head into right. the uh into the workshop. Pandora Total Destruction by Todd Crapper is now live on Kickstarter. Um this is a game where you play as supers with massively destructive powers trying to save the world from aliens. Um I'm actually playing in uh, an online version of it with Todd uh right now. And it's a lot of fun. Uh, basically, you are playing, basically, it's a world where superheroes exist, but the the most destructive slash most powerful of them end up getting kind of shunted away and, and for their own good. And I'm talking powers, of, like, your powers, it's an interesting game because when you make a dice roll, it's got uh, uh, a success with complications thing. You generally either fail, uh, succeed with complications, succeed, or most likely you succeed really well and also have massive complications. Like, hey, 
I blasted the alien ship out of the sky, and I also managed to bring down three buildings full of people at the same time. So it's it's Yikes. a game with, with a, yeah, you've got to be very careful. Like my power is I can I can pull metal from anything, but I'm not don't have a lot of control of it. So I might like fight a bad guy and need need metal and suddenly pull all the I beams out of a building kind of thing. Another person can turn off all can turn off the charge on all the electrons in an area. It causes all yeah, it causes all sorts of bad things to happen. Mm-hmm. So it's that it's a lot of fun. You're super super powerful, but also have to be very careful because there's lots of consequences. So it's a it's a fun game. And that is now live on Kickstarter. The link is in the show notes. Yep. But just go to uh, just go to Kickstarter and type in Pandora or Pandora Total Destruction. You'll find it easily. Yay. So, all right. All righty. That brings Let's, us uh, to the feature segment. Ooh, yeah, yeah. it's time. Gird yourself, Vecchio. Take a sip. Workshop, workshop. We're talking more about IPs, but this time in the round table, sharing our ideas for six whole questions all about playing in IPs here in the workshop. Don't suck. Don't suck. Suck. Now we do this. Please have no That's why Jerry opens the segment. (laughs) (laughs) So, this week, we're going to return to our topic of GMing and playing in established intellectual properties or IPs. Last week, we did a deep dive into some of the issues playing in established IPs and provided a few tips on how to negotiate as a group to get the most out of playing in these worlds. But tonight, we're going to expand on this by doing a roundtable with our guest, who's a professional podcaster on a Star Wars uh, actual play podcast, Andy Fox. Oh, that's me. Yeah, <laughs> that is you. Okay, so previously... <laughs> they called me a professional. <laughs> previously on previously on Misdirected Mark... Um, as a bit of a summary, here's what we talked about in depth last week. If you didn't listen to the episode, shame on you. Um, go back and listen to it um, and then and then go listen to this one. Really quick, an established IP is an intellectual property that's widely known, like Star Trek, the MCU, or any other Disney product like Star Wars, for instance. Um, mm-hmm. It's a world that is paired up with a set of rules to make an RPG, right? These are... You know, in, in the case of what we're talking about here, we're talking about IPs that were not first games, right? There, There's a whole other topic lurking in our future about IPs that are games. But we didn't talk about that last week. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you pair them up, rule set, established IP, make a game out of it. Um, we often find these worlds engaging because they're a form of fantasy fulfillment, right? They give us a chance to play inside some of our favorite media. The main challenges we have... Uh... Once again, we're going to go over these again. Is number one, determining what is canon. What parts of the world we consider as fixed and what parts are going to be mutable. The second is, how much adherence are we going to have to canon? <clears throat> are we allowed to change any of the details of what's going on? Can things uh, happen and move things on? Third is going to be continuity to events, which is making our adventures stay in line with canon, or are we going to be completely out of continuity entirely? And lastly, what's going to happen with the main characters that already exist in the IP. Tell what the role the main characters of the, of the IP are going to have or not have in the game itself. Mm-hmm. Then to wrap that up, we gave a number of different ways that you could deal with those issues or not deal with them as the case may be um, with different models of how to play in an IP. So they were things like play before all the things happen, play after all the things happen, play far away from the canon events, play in the background of the main events and characters, become the main characters, uh, play the actual characters, alternate universes, and new timelines. Mm-hmm. 
fine, fine summary. And with that summary complete, we're going to get started with the following question. All right. Our first question is, what is your experience playing and running in established IPs? And what is your favorite IP that you have either run or played? Go ahead, Andy. Well, I love a good original world. And I like to brag that I've been working on my D&D world for over 10 years. So I was a little bit hesitant to play in established IPs. But I did a couple of episodes as a guest on Redemption and realized it was super fun. And so I love I love playing in the, the Star Wars setting. And we, you know, we'll talk about later, you know, we, we brush up against some of the canon characters. We work with the extended universe. Uh, and it's it's really cool to be able to draw on things that everybody knows about or most people know about i was worried i wouldn't know enough which is why my first character had um amnesia actually so that if i didn't know something i could cover it up uh but more recently i've actually been playing star trek adventures we had our first holodeck episode last night and it was absolutely amazing and it's sometimes hard to play in Star Trek because sometimes there's really scientific things that I don't understand and I'm supposed to be the science officer. But, you know, we just blame it on the techions and keep going. That's the way you do it. Techions are the port nacelle. <laughs> Starboard power couple. Yeah. Always, always. <laughs> All right. Um, growing up in RPG land, I have played a ton of natural properties. Uh, Marvel superheroes, Robotech. TMNT, DC Heroes, Star Trek, Star Wars, Ironwood, the role-playing game, Firefly, Middle Earth, Doctor Who, even Kinemics and Nerfs. Um, and I find them, I'll jump into any of them because I don't mind playing around with them. Um, it's always fun to kind of run around in your favorite uh, game world and kind of see what's going on and do the things you saw people do. But I think as a GM, I've had the most fun running Star Wars. I've run it um, in each one Saga system, which was okay. Um, I've run it using, um, Savage Worlds and I do a little one shot that we've done as kind of a, kind of a spinoff. Um, and then I've also been running it with the new Genesis system, which I really enjoy a lot. Um, and all three of them have just been a lot of fun. Uh, Star Wars has a lot of opening because there's so much of it that is unexplored that you can take the little bits and pieces you do know. And as long as you don't put yourself right where the main action is going on, you can have all sorts of stuff going on. And, What's nice is that some of the new canon opens things up. You know, you need a new Sith bad guy. Well, the Inquisitors are running around. You know, you need a, there are huts everywhere. There are lots of, uh, assorted crime elements. It, it's a good thing to work with. So I've just been having a good time with it. Um, and I'm looking forward to trying some new things after watching all this Star Trek, playing a new Star Trek to be interesting because I understand a lot more of the tropes now and we're less likely to be sweating around being trigger happy on every day, which is important. <laughs> all right. Bob? Yeah, so originally when I was filling the answer to this question out, I was like, I have never run a game in an established IP, and I just had a light bulb moment. I'm like, I bloody well did. I ran a game of D20 Modern slash D20 Future set in the universe of the um, the animated film Titan AE. Oh, I love that movie. I love that movie, too. And... Um, it was it was a terrible fucking campaign that didn't last very long because <laughs> I was telling a story and I wasn't letting the characters have any input. It wasn't, oh. a, it wasn't a terrible. It game. was terrible. Come on, go write a novel, Bob. But 
The important thing is I did run one. So there you go. Um, mm-hmm. I've played in a couple of versions of different Marvel superhero games, but they weren't actually set in any of the IPs. They were just playing characters, like usually made up characters, not, and we never really referenced any of like the Marvel stuff, like the Avengers or anything like that. Ah. So I don't know. Those really don't count to me. Um, I've played a couple of different kinds of Trek, Uh um, and I've played in Serenity. Um, The Trek games, really, to me, are the ones that I find um, um, to be my favorite um, because Star Trek just has so much gaming potential for, like, whatever you want. Humor, science, mystery, drama, horror, whatever you want. You get it all in Trek. Uh So I'm like, yeah, I I dig that. What about you, Phil? Yeah, I got a thanks to Jerry doing his list. I actually like realized I have a whole bunch more on my list that I mm-hmm. didn't even mention. I know. Um, I was thinking about that, too. <laughs> uh, I also played uh, a lot of Marvel. I, I ran Robotech for a while. Uh, I ran a shit ton of TMNT as a uh, as a um, high schooler. Uh, DC Heroes, uh, which was actually my favorite uh, superhero uh, set of mechanics for a long time. Even though uh, I am less of a fan of the um, IP, I actually learned a whole bunch of DC heroes because for a couple, like a summer or two, I played a whole bunch of DC heroes and then like read a bunch of comic books um, to kind of get versed up on on who they were. Um, I played a bunch of Star Trek. I've played Lug Trek. We don't think we ever played Decipher. I have Decipher Trek, but we primarily played Lug Trek. Um. I've played Star Wars. Um, I think I didn't play the. Oh, I've played the Genesis one once. Yes, in the um, in the time where Senda almost killed us all by um, putting her finger in her mouth so she could do an accent. <laughs> um, with shared dice at the table. With shared dice at the it's table. A trap. At a convention. At Gen Con, no less. Mm. Um, but I've also played the D6 version. I've played the D20 version. All those. Um, and I've I played in the same Serenity game that Bob played in. Uh, in fact, we were crewmates in that Serenity campaign. Yep. Um, in terms of games that I, like, in terms of games that I've really liked running, um, I have not had a chance to run Star Trek, but I know I'm going to love that. But the one that I did actually have a lot of fun uh, running when I was a teenager was I really enjoyed running TMNT, and I don't think I necessarily ran Palladium correctly, but <laughs> I ran TMNT correctly. Um, <laughs> correct. It was a, uh, it was a, um, it was a wickedly fun um game although i had a lot of problems with um campaign pacing so i ran like in the course of like a couple of years i ran like five campaigns of it because i kept like burning story arcs and like starting over like it was <laughs> it was a really uh it wasn't good in that respect but yeah i loved um i loved team you know i agree jared i i don't know if you can actually play team uh play team correctly i, I certainly <laughs> didn't um but whichever way we learned, whichever way we had adapted ourselves to playing it when I was in high school, I actually liked that version of the game quite a bit. So, yeah, anyway, okay. that's uh, that's uh, that's my background on it. So um, and I really I also really enjoyed that Serenity game. And I'm For pretty that. sure it was Serenity, not Firefly. No, it, it was, was Serenity. the, the yeah. Cortex one. Yep, it was Serenity. Okay. And yeah. I enjoyed it, too, until it devolved. Yeah. You know why it devolved? For the same reason that we've been talking about yep. is that somebody went off canon. Yep. Oh. And the rest of us were not comfortable going off canon. Yep. And uh it created a it created a big player rift um because it suddenly the game did not feel very uh serenity. Yep. 
and that, and that's like and that's the thing about playing in ips is like that moment and maybe we'll if we have time we'll get to it in a story or we'll talk about it in the after show but it, it was it is a hallmark moment of how most of the table is perceiving the game and how one player's perception of how the ip should go or not understanding the ip can just derail everything yes Indeed. All right, save save yeah. that because I know yeah. we're on a time schedule. Right. Yep. But just, I do want to point out that we yeah. all seem to have forgotten Dresden Files. Yes. We've all played it and we all forgot to mention it. I actually I, I haven't played Oh, you haven't? You oh. have, yeah. Phil. Yeah. I ran a short-lived Dresden oh. Files game. You did. I didn't understand yeah. a thing when about that. When was that? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> before. I had no idea what it was, but it was. It was before like Fate. That. Yeah. It was a, we oh, played okay. it and we played it like in a D20 it was modern. A yeah. What's that? True 20. Oh, true 20. True 20. That's right. We played yeah. like a true, we made our own true 20 version of it. I thought I was being super clever too. The name of the campaign was Buffalo Soldiers. It was great. <laughs> Anywho. Okay. And, and uh, Mo, Mo reminded me that uh, a whole bunch of things like all the anime stuff that came out with Bubblegum Crisis for Mechcon and Votoms. And then when you had TriTac, you had, we've played Sailor Moon, we played Demon City Sujuku and Dominion Tank Police and, uh, <laughs> Yeah, are, I didn't play any of those. What's what's yeah. fun is they're all the same systems, so technically you can run Sailor Moon and Dominion Take Place at the same time. Which I, I'm actually a lot like Andy. Like <laughs> given the preference, I actually will just run my own shit. Right. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was I was actually thinking about this recently because I, I ran up um into a problem in a um D D five E game um where I was like, Hey, you know, we're in Forgotten Realms or whatever it is. And I was like, hey, I really want to play as a paladin of Sehanin because she's the goddess of fall and lovers and um, tricksters. And I think it's really funny to be a paladin um, of a trickster <clears throat> goddess. And someone got all up in my grill and was like, haven't you read? Sehanin doesn't actually exist. She's just a part of Salune. And I was like, well, I think our GM can make a decision on this. And then the GM was silent on it. So I just <laughs> kept going with Sehanin. Um, <laughs> Yeah. So it's one of those things like even in non-established intellectual yeah. properties, there's still like an established or expected canon. You know what? I think that that brings me to a question I was going to bring up later because you brought it up, but I want to discuss it now. What do we do when you have like six people build this, build the system and like, you know, hey, we're all, we're going to play in Final Fantasy. I know nothing about Final Fantasy. I'll Which one? Friends. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, that's actually, but even things like that, like I, like you don't know the canon. What are some suggestions on how to let a player play? Like your character had amnesia, which was excellent. Mm -hmm. um, but what are some other ideas on what to do when you've got the player who doesn't have the time to read 47 novels and get births and everything, which you uh, want to bring, bring them up, up to snuff? How do you do something with that so that they don't end up breaking the genre? So save it for the break. Yep. Let's okay. let, let's trap that into a question for the Good. break. Yep. Um, and why don't we get, uh, why don't Jerry, why don't you give us our next question? All right. So, overall, what draws you into GMing or playing established IPs when you do, Bob? Yeah, um, it's, for me, that's super ephemeral. Like, I, a lot of different things can draw me in to, mm -hmm. to playing a particular game. So it depends on what the IP is, what system, you know, like, there's, there's a lot of different ways I can go. It's a, it's a, it's a not a super great answer, but that's my answer. <laughs> mm -hmm. So we'll just jump right on over to Phil. 
Uh, yeah, for me, um, GMing established IPs, like I want to GM established IPs because I, you know, deep down inside want to write for those IPs. Yeah. Right. That's, that's how I get to live out the fantasy is I like get to, to, um, I get to create a story, uh, inside my favorite IP. Like I get to create a Star Trek episode. Um, and to me, that's like the coolest thing because I love those, um, I love those IPs and I, you know, don't want them to end. So, you know, by being able to play in those universes, I can keep them, I can keep them going and extend them. Um, and then for playing, um, I, I mostly just like, I will, I'm attracted to playing IPs that I think, um, look like they would be fun, right? Like, like I look at it and I'm like, that would be cool to be a character in that world. Cool. I want to play in that world. Like it, it, for when I, when it comes to playing, it is a very low bar for me. It just has to be something where I'd be like, oh yeah, yeah, I want to, I want to be that kind of person. How about you, Jer? Um, I, I like the idea. Um, I like to share group ideas of what's going on and a chance to create adventures in a creative world we love. Um, I don't necessarily need to play the main characters uh, or even encounter them. I just like to play. Like I want to play in the Star Wars universe. I want to be a Starship crew member in, in Star Trek. I want to um, you know, adventure in ancient Hyperborea. Um, it's basically the ultimate fan fiction. Um, mm-hmm. and, I, and I might be the outlaw here. I have no trouble with somebody who takes a love of the IP and messes with it. You know, you want to kill off all the main characters and have us take over? Go for it. Um, you want to do a flip and turn out that, you know, Luke, Luke goes dark by the end of episode two and joins the dark side? I'll play along with that 100%. So I don't mind that kind of thing, a chance to explore alternate, like you said, alternate timelines and things like that as well. Um, so that's what I to do. But as far as GMing, I want to GM something so that the other players can get a chance to um, kind of live out their own little little fantasies in the world. And we'll get on to the next thing. So, Andy? Well, I think in some ways it's easier to be creative when you have a foundation already laid. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the reasons maybe we play RPGs instead of doing anything else. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we need some structure. Whether or not it's a box or not, you know, being able to think in or out of the box is a lot easier if you know what the box is. So I love also seeing original characters interact with the canon characters and sometimes things bleed over like this is I don't know why I'm embarrassed about this. I'm not embarrassed about anything else uh, like this, but I am super embarrassed that I have a major crush on young, young Obi-Wan, like me, Andy. Um, And of you course. mean like Ewan McGregor Obi-Wan yeah. from the prequels? Why wouldn't yeah. you? Yeah. Um, it was like one of my first celebrity crushes and it's still like, I'm not going to be able to watch the Obi-Wan show. I'm just not going to be able to do it. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's fair. I mean, I mean, it's fair. He looks uh, after after episode one, like in episode yes, two when he's got yeah. the beard. Oh, yes. yeah. No, he's. Yeah. He's oh, a yeah, no. young fella. Yeah. And so, of course, when he was, of course, uh, Chris, our GM, brought him in. And there was there was a lot of time spent teasing me and there was definitely some emotional bleed into my character. And some of that was cut out. Most of it, I think, was actually cut out. But um, that was that was both fun and just so embarrassing. Hello there. (laughs) Don't (laughs) I like turn red and I just can't do it. Like um, Anakin, Dooku is trying to concentrate. Yeah, Uh, we met Anakin uh, Skywalker. uh, We briefly um he was uh super melodramatic and is just every time she can when jedis are brought up she's like you know jedis are so melodramatic like that 
Skywalker guy who just like threw off his cloak. You know, re- you remember that? I just love calling back to that because it's a shared experience, not only to the the actual canon, but to the podcast canon. Yeah. I always, I ever since the prequels, I always take my hood of my hoodie off with both hands. Mm-hmm. I always, I always feel like, I always feel like, you know, Dramatic like reveal. the Jedi thing, like just taking the hood off, both, like both hands looking yeah. around. <clears throat> That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's great. And, and you have to, and you have to throw your robes on the ground and make and make the uh, the Jedi laundry service really upset with you because every fight you have to start by throwing your, your cloak on the ground. He wasn't yeah. even fighting at the time. He was just being melodramatic. Uh huh. <laughs> oh man. Uh, All right. So question number three of the challenges to established IPs that were discussed previously, which one is the most important to you as a GM or player? Right. So for me, I think I hinted at this before, adherence to canon is my um, biggest pet peeve. So I'm the opposite of Jerry, where Jerry's like, you can do whatever you want to the IP. I am like, nope, if I'm playing the IP, I'm playing the IP. There are some fringe cases where the IP is so broad, like Marvel. Mm -hmm. I don't get too bent about that in Marvel because it's like, man, you can't even keep that. Like, you can't even keep that canon straight. Like, I... But things like uh, Serenity, Star Trek, things like that, like I adherence to canon is the one where um, I, I, I like I'm like a no, like I don't want any messing with with it. And then the, the quick second to that is continuity. Um, I'm a little more flexible on continuity, but canon, man, like I cannot. Um, I just can't. Hey, like we ran I, into for this me, it is my biggest hang up. We ganked him and took this fancy ring. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, nope, I've, I've not that, having it. Now, now, to be fair, that was the fault of the GM for yeah. for putting Frodo in our way and making him as annoying as possible, uh, and, and and playing with a bunch of players who had never read Lord of the Rings or and yeah. the movies right. were still twenty years out. So yeah. So now, now if you tell me right, like if you tell me up front that like I, that you know we're gonna stray from canon, and I like the premise of it, mm-hmm. like you can totally do this to me in Marvel, right? Yeah, so if you yeah. tell me like. Um, Jerry, what's that, um, what's that really cool, um, Savage World superhero setting with the villains? The villains are the only ones who survive. Oh. Oh, necessary evil. Yes. If, so, if, if somebody was really cool, but yeah. <laughs> no, no. But I, my point is, if somebody was like, look, I want to play necessary evil, yeah. but with Marvel mm-hmm. bad guys in a universe where all the Marvel heroes are killed and only the bad guys are left. Yeah. I would be like, <clears throat> I can do this. Not yeah. only can I do it, I would welcome it. I would absolutely play that game. Yeah. But if you're like, hey, we're going to play Star Trek, except that like there's no Vulcans yeah. in the Federation. And I'm like, fuck off. Get out. Like, I'm just like, they were no. one of the four establishing I'm planets. Rending, yeah. rending my garments and, you know, in anger. Like, no, I can't do it. <laughs> so for me, it's adherence to canon. Yeah. How about, how about you, Andy? What's, what's, um, what's the challenge? Like which which one of those things is a big hang up for you? I I worry about keeping a sense of surprise and being able to tell a good story with what you're you're doing and not have it sort of fall to the side of this other story, the bigger story. Unless of course you are you're on board with the the concept of you're gonna kill Frodo and carry the ring yourself. Although I'm not gonna lie, I don't know if I would play in that game because I think Senda would yell at me. Um <laughs> She she's a lot more dedicated to Lord of the Rings than oh, than I am. Boy, so, uh, you you 
you know, sometimes it's expected that you know a lot and and you just have to roll with the punches. Mm -hmm. I know that Phil is very, you know, very interested in keeping the canon of Star Trek Mm -hmm. and making us watch all the Star Trek so we can play Star Trek. And uh, I actually have a Star Trek story. We were... um, so we we play we're we're a ship that has a home on a star base, but we still do adventures. So that's really fun. And uh, we were out to help this other uh, planet, not a part of the Federation, test this big old weapon that turned out to have a micro singularity in it. Which I was like, yes, of course. Yeah. Uh, turns out that means that there's like a mini black hole in it yeah. that they can like trigger a mini black hole, which is bad, right? Like tear yeah. a hole in space in in the subspace, and. One of the players, Quincy, goes, that's against the Kittimer Kittimer Accords. We can't have anything to do with that. And we looked it up, and sure enough, it's against the Kittimer Accords, which, if you're a Star Trek person, you know is, like, a big, important treaty. And um, so then our GM had to figure out what to do with that, because we then called our admiral and went, hey, we didn't know that it was this kind of weapon. What do we do? (laughs) Surprise. Yeah, I mean, and the good part is, right, like, we know that, like, from, we know that, um, from time to time, the Federation doesn't always adhere to um, all of those things. There have been secret, yeah. um, secret projects and things like that. Yeah, uh, but we'd already gotten super in trouble for like <laughs> going into Romulan in space without permission and that kind of stuff. So. Wandering around with a quantum singularity <laughs> on there—that's yeah. Well, it never. We we obeyed the letter, but not the spirit. Like it never came onto our ship. Once we got the briefing and was like, "Oh crap, it's a micro singularity." Admiral, what do we do? The admiral was like, "You can monitor the test, but you can't be a part of it." Uh, and then Klingon showed up to steal it, which they fired on us, which was also against the Kinemer Accords, which was fun. So. Nice. I won't go into it because I could go on and on and tell you. But anyway, so that's if I was a GM, I would have been kind of at a loss to figure out how to continue. Luckily, we had a GM who was, you know, better than I was. So cool. Okay. What about you? All Uh, right. Jerry. For me, um, first thing is that no matter what we do, go back to those original discussions and make sure that whatever we create is going to go along with what all the players envision is their version of the world. Um, if we're not going to mess with canon, we don't. Um, while it was interesting to do some of those things back when I was a kid where all of a sudden, hey, we've got Frodo's ring, or wow, everybody in Robotech is dead and now we're the heroes. Those were all odd dice rolls. And the one Star Wars one where all the main characters got killed and we took over, that was sprung on us kind of out of the blue. I would never do that today. Um, I would, And I would expect that a GM shouldn't play that way either. If you're going to have something where the players take over for the main characters in Star Wars, you got to start off from the beginning and say, okay, you know, at some point in this adventure, Luke, Obi-Wan, Han, and Chewie get wiped out, and you're going to have to take over from there. Um, that's important to talk about. Because canon's important, and you don't want to mess with what is somebody's precious thing. Not at what, you know, I understand Senda wouldn't play Lord of the Rings, and I completely understand why, because it's, it's precious to her. But if you're going to do something with, with something that somebody is interested in, if they like, uh, Firefly, but I don't get as passionate about a lot of properties that some people do. So I always want to talk to you. Is, okay, what are the things you don't ever want to see? What are the things you don't want to work with? What don't you like? Um, and what aren't we going to, under no circumstances, change? And also, what are the things you just that you're sick of in this genre? If I'm playing Doctor Who, I never want to see Weeping Angel again. That's just me. Give me all the Daleks you want, but I don't want to see Weeping Angel because that would make it no fun for me. That's okay. But we talk about that up front. But we're not going to say they never existed, and we're not going to mess with somebody else's idea of what is Doctor Who. Um, and that's, I think, really important 
with no matter what you're doing. Other than that, I'll play in stuff. I'll play in any genre. I even try to run something. And I've played in games like the Dresden Files. I've read two books. Um, but the rest of the players are doing a good job of keeping me up to, up to, to, uh, up to date with what's going on. And when I make a odd comment that doesn't seem to fit in place, they let me know that that's not going to work. Or when you say outsiders, that's a totally different kind of thing than what you think you're talking about. Okay, great. I need to know that. And that's okay. Um, but uh, like I said, other than that, for me, it's important to just make sure that everybody is on the same page with what they want out of this game. What are they, what are they here to play for? So, Bob? Yeah, so for me, um, I would generally not want to run into the main characters. Uh, unless there's like a cameo legit. here and there. Um, I prefer that we do our own thing outside of what they're doing. Let them do their thing. Their plot's going on over here. Our plot's different. It's going on over here. <laughs> Um, like I said, cameo, you know, like in passing, you know, you run into Lando, you know, you have to swing into Bespin real quick and grab something. Oh, look, there's Lando. Okay, bye. And we're gone, you know. Um, but yeah, otherwise, I would, I would rather not, like, I don't want to be rubbing elbows with, with Han and Chewie the whole friggin' campaign. Like, no, let them do their thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can tell, I told, I totally respect that. I, um, uh, what you call it? Some that, that's, that bugs me too. So, somebody once told me that uh, if you're going to have characters from IP show up in a game, the best thing to do is have the players rescue, save, or do something that, they, that the main characters can't do. Never have them show up and outshine the, the players. Have them be there and, okay, hey, you know, you know, we fixed Luke's, Luke's Starfighter while he was down or something. So that the players come out of it still feel like they did the big thing and the major characters are just more backdrop. Yeah. Because they're, yeah. they're not the most important characters in that story. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no. That I think that makes I think that makes perfect sense. Yeah. I got a great idea for a Star Wars campaign. All right. Here's what we're gonna do. This is gonna take place before the second Death Star gets blown up. It's gonna be an espionage game, and you're all playing Bothans. <laughs> I think we know well, how we this. Do, I, we know how this campaign yeah. ends, right? Yeah. We're playing Rogue Two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. Well, that's it for me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So with that, we're going to take a break. We're going to check in with the chat room. We're going to answer Jerry's question. Um, but first, Bob's going to tell us about another show on the Mistracted Mark Network. Yeah, so we got this little uh, this little ditty thing that we do called the Gnomecast. And a bunch of gnomes from Gnome Stew get together and talk about gaming topics and themselves and stuff. And they try to entertain you, the listeners, um, so that they can avoid being thrown into the stew pot. Because that's bad. You don't want to get cooked. Um, it's fun. It's entertaining. I was on it once. Um, <laughs> once. I like to linger in the background. Uh, I'm a lurker. I've been I've been in the same building as uh, when they've been recording. There you go. Um, so yeah, Gnomecast, check it out. Alright, so we're going to talk about Jerry's question. Yeah, we'll talk about Jerry's question, then we'll see if the chat room has any questions. I've been watching them. They've been very chatty talking about IPs. Yes. But, right. Um, I know I haven't seen anybody like actually fire a question at us yet. So Jerry's question, I think, was um, how do you take somebody who doesn't really know the IP and mm-hmm. um, get them into a game about an IP? So I first, the answer is not make them watch three uh, complete series of Star Trek before you let them yeah. uh, play a Star Trek game. That's not a recommended course of action. Yeah. It's no. been fun, but um, it might be overkill. Um mm-hmm. Yeah. So what are like, what are some of the ways? Like, I know, Jer, like, 
I, I think the your character background is one of the ways for your, your Dresden game. Mm. Your character background is one of the ways you deal with it. So, mm-hmm. um, what's tell us about your character? Uh, tell us about your, your character. Yeah. Well, my character. Yeah. He's he's a uh, he's a college professor. He's a fair to building sorcerer, and he has taken to teaching the um, the younger students at the college who are trying to form a coven. So I'm in charge of this coven of aspiring witches and sorcerers. Um, and I'm not part of the main, I'm not one of the main, what do they call them? The white council, the white wizards. Yeah, you're not, you're not a, a member of the council. Yeah. That's it right there. That's yeah. the part I wanted to get to, which is yeah. the, the way the, so the first way is the outsider. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I don't know this IP. I'm the outsider. No, I know, no, I know. <laughs> you're, you're the elf who's been locked away in an ivory tower studying ancient yep. texts for 200 years right i'm not on the council so i'm not expected to know these things Mm -hmm. um you know i'm the superhero but i didn't like i didn't um i was a superhero but i'm from chicago not you know manhattan so i don't know all these guys yeah 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 we actually did something like that in one of the forgotten realms adventures that i played in for um uh the the adventures league was my character just showed up i fell through a portal from a different from a from Greyhawk or Mistara or one of those. Sure. And I was running away from somebody and jumped through a portal and here I am and I know nothing about where I am. I don't know anybody. I don't know anything. I know what monsters are, but I don't know who's there. Um which works. Yeah. Another one is that you are the inexperienced uh yes. character. So you join you are the you are the you are the uh Harry Kim. Yeah. <laughs> right? Okay. You you yes. just like literally like you literally said goodbye to your mom and like mm-hmm. you know boarded the ship when the campaign starts so See, you're I, not i think of that as the ash ketchum character not yeah. there yeah you're okay. not expected to really know anything yeah no. yep another thing you can do is everybody's favorite thing the tropes all right yep. you figure yeah. out what the main tropes are for the ip and you're like like this is how this works all right yep and you lay out the tropes for the person and if we lean into these things you're probably going to be fine. Yeah. yeah. The first time I ran Amber Diceless, which was before the summer, it was a summer before Bob, summer or two before yeah. I met Bob. I had not even read the books. The rule book has two page summaries of all the novels. Mm-hmm. I read oh, that great. and we started playing. And then as we were playing the game, we all went out and bought the novels and started reading them. So we like kind of wound up refining the characters a little as we um, went through play, but we relied like heavily on those summaries. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I would say that like, look, if you're not a, um, if you're not a Dresden guy and you don't plan on reading all of the Dresden books, those plots are all in Wikipedia. Yeah. Go sit and just, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. go read the plots to all the books um, and read, you know, I'm, sh- I guarantee you there's a, um, a wiki site. Yep. Well, I'll guarantee for the, that too. For, what's that? I guarantee. I, I mean, I, I am slowly reading the book, so I'm not. But, I, but that is a good idea. Yeah. Um. Or, well, or, if you don't want to ruin, like, like yeah. if you're actually planning on reading them, you should read yeah. them. But if you're like, oh, I just want to play this. I, I, you know, I, I, I don't think I'm actually going to go read all the books. Then just mm-hmm. go read all the summaries and go hit up the um, go hit up the Dresden wiki. Yeah. I guarantee yep. you, somebody made a yeah, full Dresden wiki mm-hmm. where you can be like, what's a white council? What's a you know what's a white court vampire versus a red court vampire? Like, guarantee you can just look those oh, up really. Oh, quick. oh, I know this. Um, red court sucks blood. White court sucks emotions. Yes, I think that's right. I've read one. 
and Bob, I played in like one adventure of a Dresden Bob's campaign. Our, uh, yeah. Bob's our Dresden expert. <laughs> and and, and to, to kind of lean into Vampire 54's uh, question, you kind of answered part of that, which is, what's the best way to GM to run an IP you're not familiar with? One um, is, don't do and, it. Run out, well, run out and grab the Wikipedia. And number two, lean on your players. Oh yeah. If you've yeah. got a bunch of players who are who are more knowledgeable in something, um, don't be afraid to say to them things like, "Oh, you know, all right, you guys are in the outer rim. You're going to head to a planet. Um, you know, hey, hey, Bob, what's a good planet in the you know Beta Quadrant or whatever?" And l- let them kind of fill you in on it. But this is going to do two things. Number one is it's going to be um, it's going to give you the information you want. Number two, it's going to involve the players back in the story again. Oh, yeah, quick. that's great. Yep. And then and you might get multiple things kind of all tossing on together. Just take copious notes and run from there. And just make sure everybody understands that you're not as familiar with this. And if you make a mistake, you're more than happy to rewind. You mm-hmm. know, um, all of a sudden somebody takes Frodo's ring. Okay, great. You shouldn't be doing that. Okay, rewind. We find the ring. We put it back. We get them home. You know, whatever. Give them some other reward. But I, I will all. say it is pretty intimidating to um Yeah. I, I will say it's pretty intimidating to GM a game when the players know more about the world than you do. Mm-hmm. Um I think it's a lot easier if you're like, hey, I know a whole bunch of Star Trek, I got this, like yeah. don't you know, like don't worry, I, you know, like I'll fill you guys in as we go. <clears throat> as opposed to like you've only seen like a couple of you know, episodes of Star Trek and then like I sit at the table and I'm like, you know, the whole time trying to keep a poker yeah. face, like like that's like that 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 that's not that's not what they would do like the klingon the klingon raises their voice and like you know looks like they're getting really angry or the not klingon the, uh, <laughs> yeah I was about the, to vulcan, say. the vulcan raises their voice and looks really angry like no they don't yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah it's it's hard to play against trope if you don't know the trope yeah yeah um so knowing knowing tropes would be i think pretty mm-hmm. yep. pretty important yeah. going to somebody who loves who absolutely loves the system or, or sorry, the IP and saying, you know, what are the tropes? And so for, you know, Star Trek, uh, Phil has a list. I think for every IP, it's a good idea to make a list of the tropes that are there. Yes. Always. Because, I think that, the tropes because I'll tell you what, a, a DC comics game is going to play different than a Marvel game. Oh yeah. And a, and a DC universe game is going to, uh, television universe games that play a lot different than a Marvel and a, a uh, cinematic universe game. Yep. Even though they're up, they're both superhero games. So what are those tropes that are there? Um, and go from there. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I, and then the other thing I would say is if you're a GM and you want to like run an IP, um, and, and you, you do have a player who knows more about the IP, take a crash course in it. Like yeah. if it's got movies, for instance, or it's got episodes, like have the GM or like have your friend like pick out a set, like, Hey, I want to run an MCU style game. I don't have time to watch the entire MCU, um, but I kind of want to set it in this area. Like, which Marvel movies would help me get the right feel for that? Yep. And, mm-hmm. you know, one of your friends might be like, cool, I think you need to, you know, like, you should watch Avengers 1, Civil War, like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, you know, like, I mean, here's the thing. IPs, if you're not familiar with them, require a little work to yeah. to to get to know them. Yeah. The advantage to IPs when you play them is when we typically know them mm-hmm. going into them. Like yeah. I, you know, like I, I wouldn't feel comfortable running a Clone Wars game until I went and binged the Clone Wars. Right. Yeah. Which was my problem. Uh, I'd never seen the Clone Wars, but I, I'm familiar with the Star Wars universe mm-hmm. and it's, you know, basic timeline and everything. Mm-hmm. So 
Yeah, yeah, and, and I think they and I think the onus is on. I think it's harder when you're the GM, right? So if yes. I'm a player, it's like, cool, I'm coming in. I know Star Wars. I've seen all the movies. I've seen a couple episodes of Clone Wars, and then everybody's like, cool, we'll catch you up to like where we are, what we're doing, and it's mm-hmm. like, yeah. all right, cool, I got what, like, I got this. But I think it's way harder when you GM, right? Yeah. Well, and I was also coming in as a um a new player into an established game. Yeah. So that was also it Which gave has me its own challenges. Yeah, yes. it gave me an opportunity to then kind of be flexible with my role in the group. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. So, All right, good question, Chair. Good question. Yeah, so great. a tangential question to that from Chromatic Chameleon. Uh I'm not a big fan of IPs because I find them too restrictive. What are some hmm. pitches you might throw at me to get me to change my mind? So this is where I say, like going back to that list, right? Um do the ones and like Bob, I think you said this too. Do the ones where you are far away from from the canon, right? So like, if we're gonna play, if like we're gonna play Star Trek, like there's no end to places we could put the ship where we're not ever gonna run into the Enterprise. It's yeah. true. Um, same thing with Star Wars. We we can like we can easily hit the outer rim and stay mostly out of everybody's way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think, I think what you want is for like, if you, if you're interested, you want to adopt that model where you just kind of stay away from the main stuff going on and you're really yeah. in it because you like the general setting and the tropes that kind of are packed in yeah. with that setting. Mm-hmm. Well, and you, you eventually develop sort of a canon within the canon as well, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you don't know things like, we don't know how many genders Bothans have, and we don't know how Duro reproduce officially i have answers for those things in the redemption universe Mm -hmm. there are 36 at least 36 both and genders and um eggs and eggs eggs. (laughs) they are not mammals uh and the females should not have boobs there you go uh (laughs) so so that's one of the other things like yes it's restrictive in that (laughs) in, in a sense but it's also it's also kind of freeing in that i i don't care what disney says about these things like we have answers within our own game yeah yeah i think the only times it it, the only times it's tough is when there is an answer but you're right like there's so many places where there's not answers that it's totally fine to um to just fill them in and and like things with like star trek and and star wars like if you don't even want to touch the established um uh species like you just make up another one and there's mm-hmm. no reason why that species isn't a part yep. of the Federation B, you know, isn't the captain of a ship. Mm-hmm. Like Absolutely. just like, just whatever, you know, like whatever species you, you decide it's like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be this species. And as long as the GM's like, yeah, we can fit that into the rules. It's cool. Mm-hmm. You know, we can stat it up. Like there's no reason that doesn't fit. And it uh, gives you some breathing room. Like, ah, I don't have to play, you know, a Starfleet Klingon because I don't want to have to be caught up yeah. in all the, the trappings of what everybody knows about Klingons. And right. that right there, every single person who has sat in a writer's room for a Star Trek show and every single person who has ever written a novel for a Star Trek <laughs> book has yeah. done that <laughs> because they're like, yeah. oh, I'm going to create this new race. That's this, whatever. Yeah. Like we, we, yeah. we want to, we want the doctor to be like maybe polyamorous and kind of have a creepy smile. We don't really have anything. Uh, thus oh man. Far. Flox's black hole sun smile wigs me out. Yeah. I, I love Flox I love to Flox. no end, but that, I think he's one of the best. Uh, that black doctors. hole sun smile wigs me out every time. <laughs> creepy, creepy. Yeah. He barely and, needs to sleep. 
Yep. I mean, he's just, he's amazing. He's great. All right, cool. really, I, the the best Flocks episode is the one where his one of his wives is on the ship. Oh, oh yeah, my god, definitely. it's so funny. We can talk about that later too. But yeah. we should probably mosey into that was a the good break. I like what we did in there. So there welcome back. We now return to the topic of established IPs with the following question. Yes. Yeah. Next. Uh, so question four: um, What is your favorite model or models for how to run established IPs from that list? That we talked about before, right? So um, play before, play after, and all of those. Mm -hmm. Andy? Well, playing in the background of the main events and characters. In Redemption, we also play with the expanded universe, which is also something I didn't know a whole lot about. But I had to hear the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise in order to understand my own character's backstory. And Bob just corrected my spelling of Plagueis because I didn't know it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you. That no, was hilarious, Bob. So uh, that it helps create dramatic tension because you as the player and the audience may know where where the big things are happening, but the characters have no clue. You know, we met Anakin Skywalker briefly and we all kind of hated him. And that's funny because we all know that Anakin goes darth and uh the characters don't um we're but it also means that you have to approach <clears throat> those big canon moments a little bit more carefully because they're going to affect you whether you know people are whether you have an audience or not it'll affect you or your game so yep. um you know if if you're if you're paying attention to redemption uh you know there's a huge plot point coming up uh mm -hmm. in the in 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 the timeline and we have been talking about how to deal with it for months and i'm not gonna ruin it for anybody but uh it it rhymes with schmorter schmixty schmix and based on who we have on our crew and a jedi yeah. that's gonna affect us yeah so we yeah. have to figure out how do we handle that in a way that is appropriate for both the canon and for our characters mm -hmm. So, yeah, how about you, Jerry? All right, to be honest, as much as I've enjoyed playing all the alternate stories with cool rewrites and everything, I just really like story adjacent adventures. Um, we're going to run an adventure that's maybe the Queen City Avengers in the Marvel Universe, or we smugglers in the Outer Rim during the, during the Rebellion, or different heroes trying to stop the armies of Sauron while the hobbits go to Mount Doom, etc., etc. I like those games where you're, just like you are, you're story adjacent, um, you might brush up against something going on in the actual universe at some point, but you're really just adventuring in that greater world. Those are the kinds of games I like to play. Um, I don't mind occasionally hearing about um, what's going on with the bigger world or even seeing the effects of our uh, of our actions. Um, I've had really good GMs who have done something where we do something and you find out, oh, that's why this didn't happen in whatever. You know, that's why... There weren't a bunch of ships helping the rebellion at this thing because we were busy tying up the, the Imperials over here instead or something like that. I just play around with those. So that's pretty much it. Bill? Uh, yeah, I am very much about playing far away from canon events um, or playing in the background. Like I, like, I don't want to mess with continuity. And as I said earlier, I don't like messing with canon. So... Um, like the things I want to do is like, hey, we're going to play a start. We're going to play Star Trek game. Give me the rough era of when you want to play. Um, and then I'm going to go pick a place that's like not 
near the cannon stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, maybe you'll pass through a place where the enterprise has been, or maybe we'll, you know, maybe we'll dock at DS nine as a, you know, kind of a special treat kind of thing. (laughs) But for the most part, no, like for the most part, I'm just going to kind of keep you off to the side and I'm going to have the things happening in parallel, you know, like maybe the dominion war is going on, which means you're also part of the dominion war, but it'll be like doing different stuff. Yeah. Like I like, I like that it, um, because one, I like the continuity, but I don't like being confined by it because I don't like, I don't like having to restrict my players. So the further I can stay away from it, the more they can do stuff where I'm like, yeah, well, who knows? Maybe that did happen. Like, <laughs> like maybe they did, you know, like maybe it's the dominion war and, you know, maybe the players saved a Romulan colony while the Romulans were still, you know, not in the war. Like, there, there's no reason that couldn't have happened right so i'm i'm you know like let that like let it ride let, mm-hmm. let's let's play so for me that's the most comfortable way to play like once you start involving the main characters once you start getting like really up close to the canon then i'm doing like extra work for continuity purposes and then like that's not as much fun yeah yeah hey, bob how about you everything you just said Question five. Ditto. <laughs> I thought. I thought. I based on your previous answers, I was like, "Oh, you, you probably, you probably lined up pretty close." I'm right to this in there. As well. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 we've played in games together. So, like when we played Serenity, we I don't think we ever saw Firefly. No, I mean, and honestly, we only had one reference. Yeah, yeah. We encountered some of the bad guys. Yeah. Because what's his face with the bowler hat? Yeah. Yeah. Um, also terrorized us. Um, I often have trouble playing in established universes as the main characters because it's so tough to make choices you want to make because you know that what you're doing is not going to fall in line with what that character would do. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's and, and that that's always that's, I prefer not to play the main characters if possible for exactly that reason. My only yeah, exception, unless, oh, unless you're going off to like Kelvin Universe, and <laughs> yes. you know if, yeah. if you're essentially recasting. Well, alternate um, universes work. You know. Yep. Yeah, which is my reason why I can. The one game I can play that in is Marvel, because if yep. it's like, hey, you're gonna play Iron Man, I'll be like, sure, cool, I'll play Iron Man. There's like 17 million different versions of Iron Man yep. in the comics. Like, even the Tony Stark Iron Man, decade to decade, is a vastly different yep. character. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like, there's no calling. Like, that's not what Tony would do. It'd be like, at some point, he would have. This Tony yep. would. <laughs> let, let me show you this comic from this year and Tony yeah, exactly. did just that. Yeah, I, I think it's way like playing in the MCU would be harder than just playing in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. 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 Cool. Okay. All right. Our next question is a two part question. So, what I'd like to ask you is first, what's an IP that you'd be a terrible player for because of your love of the IP? And the second thing, what IP has a game that doesn't do it to you despite the fact that you like the IP? So what IP would you not want to play because you'd be a terrible player? And what IP is a world you love, but the system's not good? So, well, don't say not good, or, but it's not for you. It's not right. for you. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of, of, of Marvel universes, uh, I don't think I can play in any. I don't care if it is an MCU or specifically Marvel, because regardless of where we are or what we're doing, I am going to try to bang Thor, Captain Marvel, and or Dr. Dr. Darcy Lewis. I am just a fangirl. Uh, those are my top three right now. So regardless of plot, 
That's fair. Uh, those are the three. If you're going to give me an opportunity to play in this game, that's or to play in this IP, that's what I want to do. <laughs> uh, so if you don't give me an opportunity for that, I might just ruin your game to try and find it. Uh, so that is oh. probably what I would oh, be attempting. I, I see an Andy Fox Thor Captain Marvel love triangle going on right now. So <clears throat> hey, I, I don't I don't know what you're talking about. I haven't written that fan fiction. <laughs> that seems on par for those characters, actually. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, Dr. Darcy Lewis is a new addition to this. He just uh, since Spider-Woman right into the middle of that. And, yeah. I mean, there's... <laughs> Which version there, is There's lots. Depending on, depending on what, you know, what year you ask Andy, like, there are other people who may or may not be in that mix, too. Yeah. So. Totally the, right. um, so the IP that I love, but I don't think I can play in, um, is Doctor Who. I love Doctor Who. And from what I've heard about the game, like it sounds like a really solid game, but I just don't know how to share the spotlight with the doctor. Um, I've run at a Doctor Who game in fate and the, I, I couldn't get around it. So what it ended up being was a bunch of different companions getting together to save the doctor because I was like, how do you compete with being the doctor? There's actually a game out there called Companions. It's a PBTA game where the whole premise is you're all the companions of the Doctor left behind trying to solve problems because of that. And yeah. it, it takes the Doctor around the story. Then it's easy to play. But yeah, I can see the same thing. Yeah. If, if you have a Time Lord, that's it. Yeah, if, if you want to play a, you know, a, a Doctor Light mm-hmm. uh, game, that would be, I think that that would work. I, I will tell you that they, um, that, that the premise of the Doctor Who game is very close to the premise of the Indiana Jones game from yep. TSR. Yeah. Where, um, I, I can't remember either no one plays Indiana Jones or everyone else everybody, has to play the sidekicks. I can't, everybody I, else honest, plays the side, everybody, one everybody plays, plays the sidekicks, right? No, no, one person plays Indy and everybody else plays the sidekick. Right. Which, which, which seems terrible because like <laughs> there's Indy side. and the rest of them feel like sidekicks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, as bad as that premise is, the game system itself was even worse. Oh yeah, I um, I do remember I had a copy. Put me down for not playing that either. (laughs) Never, no, it's 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 yeah. There's a reason why they why they've never done anything with it since then. It's the reason why it's the uh, it's the reason why it's the burnt piece inside the Diana Jones Award. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Enough with the the tangent. You know, (laughs) we gotta we gotta rotate this back on topic. Sorry. Um, I don't think honestly that I would be a terrible player for anything because of how much I love the IP. Like, I don't, like, I, I can, I can just split that up and like, whatever. I, I don't think that'd be a problem for me. So, so that won't be an issue. Um, most of the Marvel superhero games fell short for me because you could not play Spider-Man and have him feel like Spider-Man. It wasn't until the Saga edition came out where it really kind of felt like Spidey. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, uh, I'm trying to remember if I ever actually got to throw dice with the, um, Marvel Heroic, that Cortex-like version. Um, but yeah, all the ones prior to Saga Edition, um, it was like, eh, you know? Well, t- what does playing Spider-Man feel like? Well, like, if you read a Spider-Man comic, he's bouncing off the walls. He's, mm-hmm. he's very agile. He almost never gets hit. Unless he, you know, like somebody catches him unawares with something, like seriously, like because the of scorpion's spider sense. tail, right? Like, 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 like there's all that's these, a- these, these little bits 
And mm-hmm. you could not do that with that character because it's kind of OP in a lot right. of ways. Think think of the fight between uh, Spider Man and Bucky and Falcon in Civil mm. War, yeah. where he's just where he's basically just owning them for the entire time. They get off on like a surprise thing on him, but he immediately reacts and, and takes them out because of it. That's every that 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 is Spider Man in every encounter. Yeah, are these carbon fiber? <laughs> <laughs> and that thing does not obey the laws of physics. Um, yeah. So that's uh, that's my answer, Jerry. All right, like Bob, there are no IPs that I love so much I wouldn't play in them. Um, I have even played in many IPs that I don't like just because I like the player as a GM or I trust the GM to take something I don't like and make it fun. Um, so I don't, there's, there's not an IP, there's not an IP out there that I feel, um, I, I, I don't, I don't write a love letter to anything out there. So I don't, I don't feel anything that is so beholden to me that you can't change it or do something with it. I'm not going to be upset with you if you do something with it. Um, <clears throat> now, as far as games that I that don't do it for you, Phil's going to talk about one of them. So I'll say D6 Star Wars. Um, I never liked the system. I never liked D6 Star Wars. That was another one where it was basically the Jedi and then everybody else hanging out with him. Yeah. And yeah. Um, it, I, I didn't think the system was all that great. I didn't like the way it was put together. I didn't think it captured any of the feel of the Star Wars, like playing in Star Wars. That being said... I really love the setting and I love what they did. Cause if you know the history of the, of the role playing game, they just let them into the Star Wars warehouse. And a lot of what we now know as canon came from the role playing game because they're like, yeah, we can't call this guy Hammerhead. What's his real name? And they just kept so much of what is now canon came from the role playing game. And so I love that. I just love that entirely. But uh, I've played D6s. I've played a couple of different D6 games. It is, it is not a system I like at all. So I'd like to see them do something else. And oh, look, they did. So, Phil? Uh, you know, for me, look, I, I am, unless you are, like, going to be the same level of Trek nerd um, as me, I will be your nightmare player. Like, I yes. <laughs> like I think I could play in John Carney's Star Trek game. I feel, I feel like I would, I feel like I would be in a safe space um, with somebody who could, you know, keep pace with me in, uh, star trek but like there was a time where chris was running star trek and he's like oh i'm running the new star trek game and i'm like yeah that's nice yeah and I was like, <laughs> like i'm like i can't play this with him like we, like, we will not be friends if i play oh no, it's not he's not like i'm not gonna be happy he's not gonna be like there's no happiness in this yeah. so um that and i'm okay fun. with that right like i do have a like i have a huge love letter which is like a mm-hmm. nicer way of saying hard on for star trek and um and it's okay. Like I'm okay with it and I'm okay enough with it that like, I will just acknowledge, like I will be a bad player mm-hmm. in this game. I should not play this game. Like I should run this game, but also yeah. I will, I need to, you know, I, like I'm nervous when I run it for the first time that like, am I, I don't want to be like a Dick GM about the whole thing. Like I need to run it and I need to let go a little of it but I don't want to like lose what it is to be Star Trek. So, yeah. um, you know, I want to run a Star Trek game. I don't want it to turn into the Kelvin universe. Right. Not that I have anything right. totally against the Kelvin universe other than one Fair. point against it. Um, but I'd be shooting for one thing. I don't want it to drift into the other one. Yeah. If I was yeah. starting with a Kelvin universe and was like, Hey, we're going to play, you know, action adventure, Star Trek. That would be mm-hmm. fine. We're going to play yeah. Star um, Trek, Tokyo I, drift. Yeah. yeah, no. And that's fine. Right. Like, <laughs> It really is Star Trek Tokyo Drift. It's just not my Star Trek because it solves problems by 
uh, punching and punching. shooting things uh-huh. where my Star Trek is um, diplomacy, negotiation, science, right. engineering, right? Like, we're going to science me, the fuck out of this problem. Yeah, yeah. like to me, one of the um, I think one of the episodes of DS9 that epitomizes my feel for Star Trek is Tarok Nor. Mm-hmm. Because yes. O'Brien has to fight the uh, drugged out um, yep. uh, Garrick, mm-hmm. but he doesn't fight him. Yeah, right. Like he he out engineers him in the end. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And oh, that but... to me was like to me. And as much as I love the Dominion War to me, though, that's like the quintessential Star Trek right yep. there. OK, so that's the one I would reference. be a terrible player in. The one that I love the I, I enjoy the IP, but would not enjoy playing is is Middle Earth slash One Ring. Um, I, I like Middle Earth um, to a point, uh, but fantasy, despite how much fantasy I have run in the last year, fantasy has never been my first love. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy to watch. Um, I'm happy to watch the you know the 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 um, Lord of the Rings movies, not the Hobbit one, <coughs> and and I would reread lord of the rings again i haven't read it in like in decades but like you like if you were like oh i'm I'm running this game i'd be like mm, maybe um you would lure me more in with the system than the setting yeah so if you're like hey we're playing we're playing the free league lord of the rings mm-hmm. i would be like yeah i think i would like to see that because i like i like free league games you could probably lure me in that way rather yeah. than like you know hey wouldn't you like to you know, play a hobbit, like, nah, not really. No. <laughs> like, yeah. like, and then and there's nothing against it. Like, I love the movie. I mean, I love the movies. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm getting sent all fired up by saying, yeah, it, don't really, do that. I'm going to start do. hearing yelling. I, I love the movies. <laughs> like I, before the MCU, that was like one of my go-to jams. Yeah. Um, I prefer the movies to the books. <gasps> oh, okay. Look, Oh guys, God. Look, she's going to come busting in here. Like, like, like the Kool-Aid man. <laughs> Be like on Zoom in a second. Okay, so we should anyway. probably move on. <laughs> actually, actually, I, I gotta say to if Phil. You, I just gotta say to Phil. Can... I just gotta say to Phil one thing, Phil. As much as you love Star Trek, yeah, you can't appreciate sabotage to your original Vulcan. That's all I'm gonna say. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> no. Kelvin Universe, man. And yeah. I totally blew um, that Star Trek uh, reference. I should have called it Star Trek Enterprise Drift. That would have been enterprise. Yes. Okay. Question okay. six. So question oh, God. six. You're gonna what? get me kicked out of my place, Jerry. Why why would you be affected by this, Andy? You're an innocent bystander. Anyway. I'm not correcting him. <laughs> what established IP is out there that game designers need to get cracking on creating a game for? And what system would you like to see it in? Ooh. Mm. That's a good question. Oh, um, I mean, first of all, I I, I want to see some of the '80s cartoons, Gotcha Land, Battle of the Planets, He Man, Thundercats, that kind of thing. He Man's coming. I'd like to see them done in a decent game system. But the big one, and I'll be honest, I've run it myself in several systems. I would love to see an Adventures of the Galaxy Rangers role playing game. There I don't you even know what that is. And, and I'm not sure what system. I don't know what that is. It's a. It was a. It was a. It was an American anime, basically from the late '80s, um, about. Um, basically, a bunch of aliens come to Earth and say, "Hey, guess what? Years ago, people grabbed humans and s- scattered them throughout the universe. We need Earth to be the homeland to kind of bring them back in. We'll give you uh technology to go hyperspace if you'll help us fight off this evil empire that's coming." And then they take a bunch of what are basically mutants and make them 
um, a bunch of special troubleshooters called the Galaxy Rangers. One is a cyborg, one's a super telepath, one's uh, can change shape, and one can basically control computers, and he's also a secret agent you find out later on down the line. But it was a it was an American cartoon that had the first season was very episodic, but the second season there were a lot of like continuing stories. They built a lot of mythology to it. It was very 80s, and sometimes the writers just went, we're just going to have a silly episode, and we're going to have the entire thing come down to a rap battle at the end kind of thing. Um, but it was cowboys in space and uh, laser guns and superheroes and the low-level superheroes and interesting character plots for the first season. The doc, who was the doctor and also the computer guy, uh, whenever he did something unusual, like, where did you learn that? Oh, this is Abercrombie's Charm School. And he would go on and on about this. Well, in season two, you get to Mrs. Abercrombie's Charm School, and you find out that it's actually a uh, school for black ops agents. And the reason he's so good at all this spy stuff is that he went there to be charming and came out as basically a super spy. <laughs> and there's a lot of that. There's um, ancient creatures that are very, um, like there's this undead creature called the Scarecrow. There's a bunch of... Um, People trying to make clones of people. So it's, it's, it was a very complicated universe. It was a lot of fun. It was two seasons. Um, it was very eighties. So it's got a lot of the eighties problems and stuff, yeah. but they also weren't afraid to occasionally, like sometimes gun battles ended with somebody dying, which was a big thing for American <laughs> cartoons back then. Um, it had a right. kick ass soundtrack and it had Jerry Orbach as the main character. So, you know, but just cool. it, it made for a good story, especially since the heroes were called Jerry Orbach was on, um, he's the father. He's the father from um, Dirty Dancing. He's the one who he's the one who put Baby in a corner. He was on like about a million seasons of Law and Order. Law and Order, well. yeah. yeah you recognize <laughs> the voice of the voice of the candle stick and Beauty and oh. the Beast. It was yeah, Beauty and the Beast. He was the candle and Beauty and the Beast. Oh, oh he was Lumiere. Yeah, he was Lumiere. Yes, yes. So okay, so, I, that that yeah. is a reference I understand. There you go. Uh, it's like, it was just it was a good show, and what's one of the fun things about it is that these are the series five Rangers. They never told you what happened to series one through four. Um, so it's easy to slot the players in as yeah. either um, a group that didn't make it that far or some other part of that universe who often do other troubleshooting things. And yeah. um, so it, it, it plays like a think of like a, like a Spider-Man level science fiction superhero game, you know. So anyway, uh, that's what I would love to see. Phil? Uh, for me, the John Wick universe. Um, mm-hmm. There are hints that there is this cool... Uh, second world of assassins mm-hmm. that I would very much like to see explored. Um, just the way that like the coins work, the way like the services, like in John Wick 2, like when he needs to go get guns, like he meets the sommelier who like yep. takes him through like, you know, that whole montage where he goes to the tailor to get his suit and yep. all that. Like there is a whole world of these like globe trotting like assassins doing jobs and like being badass and like, you know, paying, you know, to have their murders covered up with coins or whatever. Like I want all of this. Like I want, I want to be in that. I want to be in that world that, you know, at the table, so to speak. Um, I would very much be into uh, a John wick universe. Yeah. Dessert. Dessert. Yes. Oh, dessert. Oh my, that I, I can't tell you how many times I have watched on YouTube. Yep. That montage scene. <laughs> I love that scene. Mm-hmm. Some good shit right there. I'm with you. How about right. you, Bob? For me, they're making it. The Last Airbender. John Wick. <clears throat> the, uh, the, the Last Airbender, um, The Legend of Korra, 
that uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to what they're doing with that. And I think PBTA is a, a, a good fit for it. So I think they're, uh, I think they're on the right track and I'm looking forward, very much looking forward to what happens with that. Mm-hmm. What about you, Andy? I want a new She-Ra game. There you go. Yes. Not only do I want a new She-Ra game, I want options of playing the main characters and options of creating my own characters. Mm-hmm. And given the new She-Ra, um, there's a lot of different time you can play with. Um, you know, they, they mentioned quite, they mentioned a few times that there was a first princess alliance that fell apart. So you could play that, uh, you could play pre Mara or, uh, post Mara, uh, the princess is trying to figure it out. There's a, I believe a graphic novel that tells us about, uh, you know, there was a fire princess at one point, like there's just a lot of room I think to play. Mm-hmm. And I want to, I, I, at some point would love to play Adora and have somebody have, like somebody else play Catra and have that dynamic. Like I would love to play that dynamic with somebody. Because uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, so part of this is you also want to play Thirsty Sword lesbians again. I mean, uh, yes, I played Thirsty Sword lesbians, <laughs> but yes, I would like to play Thirsty Sword lesbians, but with these particular characters. Yeah. Um. The the other big one, and and Senda helped me flesh this out because I was basically like Wandavision, but what does that mean? And so Senda pointed out, well, we want an emotional supers game that's like masks for adults. It's like I masks have... or monster hearts, but oh. it's for these adult superheroes. And um, you get to play these really emotional stories. And uh, I would like that. Senda would like that. I think a lot of us would like that. It feels so like an idea I, like that, yeah. I have wanted for a long time, I have wanted them to make the masks adult, like the adults version where all the heroes are fucked up from mm-hmm. being superheroes because yes. for me one of my favorite things in the MCU was that rather than making Tony Stark an alcoholic the MCU made Tony Stark um a survivor with PTSD oh yeah and yeah. his bad actions like all his of the PTSD poor he makes yeah oh his PTSD gosh. drives one bad one bad decision after yes. another um, oh and I gosh. would love to play a game where you were adult superheroes that are flawed as hell because yeah. of the things you've been through. Mm-hmm. I guess that also dovetails with um, Umbrella Academy would be yes. another. Yes. Um, that would be so fun to play. Yeah. Like, I would love to play heroes that are kind of like, like emotionally messed up yeah. for being heroes. Like. Oh yeah, I totally saved the planet from being destroyed. I am also now a living disaster with superpowers. Yes. Like, well, and and it's it's also some of those different reasons, you know, get really juicy. Uh because, you know, you have the, you know, you have people like Klaus who his thing is he can talk to ghosts and he was traumatized by his adopted father who did things like locking him in uh crypts. Mm-hmm. And making yes. him like talk to ghosts for hours at a time when he didn't want to. And so he mm-hmm. is now a drug addict. Also, uh, because that's how he deals with it. And also, <laughs> yes. Wanting that to avoid too. his dead boyfriend. Wanting yeah. to avoid yeah. his dead boyfriend. But his dead brother's always with him. Like it's, it's, yeah. it's, it, it, you know, so there's that. And then you yeah. have, you know, you have Wanda who lost, you know, the, the, you know, the person she was so deeply in love with and there was nobody there to tether her down. Um, at all. Yep. For the record, if this, if this game ever exists, I'm putting Tony in it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Just, uh-huh. I will put Tony in You mean in Rainmaker game. Tony? Yes. yes. He oh, will, like a fish yes. to water. Yes. He will, 
he will swim in this concept to no end because there's just so many there's just so many ways that that superheroes get messed up man and whether it's causing a lot of collateral damage and you know feeling guilty about that you know or getting frozen in ice and they've lost the love of their life yeah. <laughs> so many different ways that yeah. could go. Yeah. I kept I kept yelling at Tony that like just because you need supervision doesn't need the doesn't mean the Avengers do. Yeah. Stop it with the stupid Civil War shit. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right, cool. We can that... get you a babysitter, Tony. <laughs> like... yeah. He needs a handler. <laughs> yes, he does. All right. He so needs we a should... therapist. Yeah. A handler right. and a therapist. Yeah. All right. Well, that should uh, bring us over to the conversation corner. So yeah, that was that's our wrap up of yeah. uh, playing in established IPs r- r- with our up. with our super guest star. Yes, thanks, Andy Fox. Thanks for well, thank come join for us. having me. Come join us in the conversation corner. Yeah, let's go. Over. Oh, okay. Is there room in the corner for me? Always. Always. I, I thought yeah. your your family your family and more cuddlers, so it all works. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I thought yeah. going to the, being put in the corner was a bad thing. Well, only for baby. <laughs> okay. That's <laughs> right. Thank you. Good, good, good call back there. Some Thank of you. us like to be in the corner. All right, conversation corner. Andy, talk to us about uh, <laughs> what other what other things are going on in your life in in life gaming, the community. Oh, life gaming community. Um, I would like to uh, I would like to talk a little bit more about the Voyager journaling game because yeah, I think so. that it's a brilliant idea, and it's. I had trouble with it at first because even though it's, you know, you're playing, a, a, you know, a lower decks character on Voyager, like that is still so open ended. Like I really struggled with it at first. And um, so the, the idea is that we're all going to write journals at least once a week and you can choose any episode or between episodes or whatever. <clears throat> and you choose whether or not you're an ensign uh, an, enlist, an enlisted crew member or one of the Maquis who has, who has joined the crew. And of course those, they all have different issues. Mm-hmm. And so I wrote the first journal entry and I was a little kind of like, I, I kind of get this character. Um, you know, they go by Z, their names, Zetra Vahino. They're an ensign. You know, they are, um, they they have the the self confidence of a mediocre white man via Barney Barney Stinson uh, is the is kind of the tropes wow. I'm pulling on, um, and is a relief pilot. And but when we after I watched episode six yesterday, and for those who haven't maybe gotten around to see it, I I I will try not to spoil too much. They get a uh, opportunity to potentially write a message home. And so after I watched that, I wrote, I wrote, uh, Z's message home mm-hmm. and that got me much more in touch with the character mm-hmm. with cool. who's important to them. And, um, you know, I had to do a bunch cause I, I, of course I chose a care. I chose an alien race. I know nothing about, uh, like I do. Uh, so I chose being a Bolian. Okay. Yeah. They're blue. Mm-hmm. And I'm an Andorian in my other Star Trek game. Uh, and I was a Duro in my, in Redemption for most of my thing, but I'm a Bothan now, so it's okay. I don't have a thing about blue or teal, I don't think, maybe. Um, and it's, it seems like it's gonna be really fun. And since everybody's posting theirs online, you can read yours. And, you know, obviously since Send and I live together, we've talked about it a little bit and we're like, we're enemies right now, aren't we? And she's like, yeah, we're gonna be enemies. And we'll see where that goes. 
so we can talk about each other and that um that seems like it's going to be kind of like a fun different way to interact you know there's there's no obviously there's no dice roll like it's all about the the emotions of these lower deck members who we don't get to see a whole lot oh so that's super exciting. And then, yes, we did our first holodeck game, our first holodeck episode uh, in the Star Wars Adventures game that I'm in. And it was a uh, 17th century pirating adventure that our doctor made us go on as part of a stress lowering exercise. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and at one point, it's like, how is this stress lowering? And our uh, particularly our, our engine our chief engineer was like, I don't understand how this is stress lowering. And then he like broke a bottle and started a bar fight. And he was like, I get it now. I get it. Stress lowering. And like punches a guy in the face. And, and there was no twist. There was no, the holodeck malfunctions. Like it was, which was kind of refreshing. Like we just got to play a holodeck story instead of, you know, Oh my God, we're going to die in this holodeck, which is, you know, every, every holodeck episode on TNG is no, we're going to die. <laughs> uh, I also got a hundred percent perfection in Stardew Valley a few weeks ago, and I'm very proud of myself for that. Uh, yeah, I've, I've spent over cool. 500 hours in that Yay. game, which is a lot of time. Um, and I, I haven't gotten all of the achievements, but I, I have gotten a hundred percent perfection according to Mr. Key, and that makes me happy. Because <laughs> there's no, it's a pan, it's a panorama. Like time has no meaning, work has no meaning, you know, just these arbitrary, you know, levels and stuff. And so, uh -huh. and I've been playing, um, I've been playing a little bit of um, Minecraft, uh, to prepare to kind of get back into the swing of things before we launch our next Minecraft season, which is going to be in 1.16. But I'm currently playing in 1.12 just because that was easier. Hmm. I wanted to play with a few mods that yeah. I knew and liked, so. We should. Yeah. Um, oh, I signed a contract today to write a curriculum, so that's exciting. Cool. Yeah, there so, you go. You know, even though it's... Congratulations. Yeah, it's a pandemic and, and you know, jo my jobs aren't what I hope they would be right now. Uh, I have work and, you know, I've got my 20-hour week job and now I've got a contract for some, you know, curriculum <laughs> writing, so I'm I'm happy about that. Excellent. <clears throat> cool. Uh, who's next? Uh, Bob. That will be me. So, um, we talked briefly about, uh, Valheim. That, that really came as a super surprise to me. Um, Chris was like, hey, you want to try it out? And my Friday night game got canceled. I'm like, sure, I'll jump in and we'll try it out. I'll spend 20 bucks on a game I've never played and just do it. Because I trust Chris's judgment when he says it's like Viking Minecraft. I'm like, alright, sure. And uh, I launched the game and, and loaded up a solo instance just to try it out. Um, and it took me a while to grok the controls and, and, and mm -hmm. how to get stuff done. And I got on chat with uh, on uh, Mumble with Chris, and I'm like, this game is hella hard. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> but as soon as I kind of got into the groove, I was like, all right, I see where this thing slots mm -hmm. in. I'm like, all right. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna lose some time to this thing, <laughs> though I'm still looking forward to a new Minecraft pack and getting on with uh, with the MMPers and uh, and bouncing around in uh, some cooperative Minecraft. Um, semi cooperative, yeah. semi cooperative, yeah. Well, too cooperative. We finished yeah. the game too quickly. Yeah. My, 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 my favorite part of all that, Bob, is the fact that you said you know Chris is like it's like Viking Minecraft, and then 
we're building a building about what an hour and a half into the game and chris turns the two of us like so is this what minecraft is like because <laughs> he's, right, he's, yeah, he's never played minecraft played with us, yeah. <laughs> we have to get him in yeah you at some point i think we can get him to play at least once for a while yeah but um but yeah so that um um voyager um um, I'm enjoying the, the, the watch. It still has some issues. Um, in the first week's worth of episodes, I ran into one huge problem, um, which I won't talk about on the mics for spoiler purposes, um, for somebody that may not have seen it yet for whatever reason. Um, but off the mics, I'm sure the, the people in this, in this, uh, um, Zoom call can have a conversation about it. Yes. Um, what, what, what episode? What episode? Um, I can't remember the damn name of it now. What happened? What, 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 is it? Yeah, well, no, 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 we'll, no. We'll, don't we'll yeah. talk about it later. Okay. Don't fall for this. We still got to get through the show. <laughs> um, okay. Aww. We had it's no only seven fifty. Uh, yeah. There's an after show. Yeah. We had no Avalon no. Uh, game this week. Streets of Avalon again this week, unfortunately. Um, which is when I played Valheim for the first time. Um, but we did start I Hunt on Sunday, which we talked briefly about. And that, um, again, just dis- didn't disappoint. Um, not your fault, Jared. Um, uh, that Avalon was canceled. It's, these things happen. Um, but I Hunt, um, I had a moment where when Tony was trying to decide what his character was going to do, I was like, Oh, you're killing me, Tony, because I had decided prior to the start of the session, Actually, when we decided on what the what the the first hunt was going to be, I had already decided that my character is is a Peter Parker analog, and instead of getting bitten by a spider and watching his uncle Ben get killed because he didn't do the right thing, um, I watched my uncle get killed by a werewolf, <laughs> and then we decide the first hunt's going to be a werewolf, and I'm like, oh, this is going to go swimmingly. I'm going to have feels about this, and then Tony's like, oh, I think we should talk to this werewolf, and I'm like. No, 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 no. I'm like, do I have to kill Tony's character? Where's my silver knife? (laughs) Do I have to kill Tony's character too? And Tony's like, no, I just feel like this is where my character is. I'm like, all right. I said, I understand where you're going, but make sure you're going to commit to the bit. (laughs) And he's like, yeah, yeah. We actually popped into a meta discussion about it. I was like, like, look, I want to make sure that Tony knows what's going on. I don't particularly care if Geo knows what's yeah, going Geo on. Geo can like, be a little conflicted at first, but I'm like, yeah, this, this is the pilot episode. Geo yeah. can make this bad mistake, and this right could be here. the catalyst like, for yeah. Geo to be like, oh, okay, I, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, but I had a moment there where I'm like, oh god, here we go. <laughs> do no, I was thing. well, you know, and it's funny because that group um, has had a habit in games of not solving problems by immediately going to violence, but. In <laughs> I Hunt, that's really it good. is. It's monster killing in a gig economy, so yeah. you do kill the monsters. Yeah. Um, and it's just kind of the like that's the premise of it. It's not like you negotiate the monsters away yeah. or find out that it's you know a giant misunderstanding. Like yeah. monsters bad. Yeah. No, um, if you want to do that, go play Monster Hearts. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Which was okay. So when Tony didn't like immediately fall into it, I was like cool, let's just make sure that we're, one, not off-premise on the game, and two, if it's a character thing, then it's 
a great arc. It's like a great yeah. storyline in the pilot episode where exactly. Geo's like, I'm totally going to talk to this werewolf. And then it like bites him in the shoulder and like drops him to the ground. And, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. he has to get rescued and then spend the next night tied to a chair because no one knows if he's going to yeah. turn into a werewolf or not. And I was so they're literally content to be like, I'm just going to take your head off if you start changing into a werewolf. So, all right. Yeah. Just, it was good. Just, just yeah. make another character. It's fine. Yeah. But it was fun because then his learning experience was after surviving it, he's like, I oh. can totally do this job. I can totally do this hunting thing. And then I was like, yeah. if he's going to go out and hunt, I have to be there to keep him alive. I can't let him loose on the rest of this world without yeah. somebody to yeah. keep him alive. So it's great. It'll, it's going to work out just fine. It, like it's going to, it's going to, it's going to feel, it's going to feel like a TV show. Yep. <laughs> All right. That's me, Jerry. All right. Um, for me, it was mostly uh, Valheim and computer games. Uh, pretty much what Bob said, just a lot of fun. I went over it earlier. Starting Voyager. Um, I'd only seen like three episodes of Voyager and not all the way through any of them. So this was all new to me. And I'm kind of liking some of the characters, uh, especially some of the characters I didn't think I'd like in the pilot have grown into become interesting characters later on. Um, I'm loving the Doctor. Uh, oh, I, oh, I, I love I, the I, Doctor. I, I, not, I thought, I thought not I'd, disappoint. I, Will not disappoint. Yeah. I, I thought I liked him to the beginning, but I didn't like Tom Paris initially, but I like what they do with him. So, uh, um, played my, ran my Eberron game this weekend, did not have my A game on. Um, and it really suffered for it, but the players carried it. So what happens when you're, when you're just not, not doing things? Right? Yeah, it happens. <laughs> it happens. Um, and for those who heard <laughs> Friday before I get into Valheim, um, I had my annual, my semi-annual HVAC checkup here at the house. We looked at my furnace and AC, and that went fine. And then as I was leaving, I accidentally knocked the uh, valve off the bottom of my hot water tank, put water all over my laundry room. So I spent oh most, of, most of Friday, yeah, I spent most of Friday afternoon uh, keeping the water from coming out and bucketing it away, and then buying a new hot water tank. But now we have a new hot water tank, which we were going to replace next year anyway, so it's in. And spent a good chunk of this weekend just making sure everything stayed dry and mold-free down there. So. This is not the first water incident we've had in the basement. So everything at that end of the basement with the laundry room and the storage room are, everything is, is an inch off the floor on shelving or something, or it's in a plastic Good. bucket. So nothing <laughs> got destroyed. Nothing got destroyed. It just got, some stuff got damp. It's just a case of, you know, get the, get the shop back out and suck all the water up and keep everything dry. And, but now we have a hot water tank that provides a lot more hot water and, uh, long hot showers are always good. So there you go. Um, Good, good stuff. So, Phil? Yeah, so uh, I did a bunch more graphic design this weekend. Um, I, I got the, um, I finished getting my iHunt, um, uh, stuff together for the virtual tabletop for Roll20. Uh, but then I did like a whole bunch of stuff for the sprawl. Like, uh, you guys haven't even seen yet all the shit I made. Um, I, I made for this, for the sprawl VTT. So, like, you guys had seen, I think the week before I had done a whole bunch of corporate logos for the, yeah. The corporations and then I, I now did a tracker for um the heat the the corporate threat tracker which is a thing like you to keep track of stuff and um i hacked in my own rules for uh the health of the city and i did a uh tracker for that and like i have all these pages now laid out um in roll 20 so that like you know like it just i i think it came out nice i'm waiting to I'm waiting for Thursday. The players will get to see it when I give them a tour of the, of, of VT, of the VTT. Um, uh, but I had a lot of fun, uh, putting them together and I'm really liking, um, uh, affinity. Like I'm, uh, I'm, I'm very much, 
I was a little, I was hopeful when I bought Affinity that it would line up with um, Adobe. And I am by no means a power user in Adobe. So Affinity, like more, more than covers the features I need to pull off my, um, you know, the, the level of graphic design I'm capable of, not a, not a Tim Jones level of graphic design, but, you know, a competent arranging shapes on a page level of uh, graphic design um, easily. Like I made the transition to it with almost no effort. Um, and I think um, I'm, I'm going to say, I think, I think my, I think the game will look good when we go to play it. Like it will look like it will physically look good when we play. Um, so I was excited about that. That was a lot of fun. I watched more enterprise season three has been tough for me. Um, it's super dark. Um, and I tend to like dark stuff, but I'm just like, oh man, I'm like, they need to change, like, they need a beat change in soon. Yes. Um, because I'm yeah. like 10 or 12 episodes in on the season on three, and I'm like, this Zindi thing is heavy. It's like um, new Battlestar Galactica dark. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's, and I liked seasons one and two. Like, I, like, I didn't think I was going to like Enterprise, but seasons one and two, like, grew on me pretty quickly. Three was hard, but boy, I just got to this one episode in three, um, the one with the clone. And I was oh like, God. I'm like, this yeah. is some fine ass writing. Yeah. Like I like this is mm -hmm. the ethical dilemma I have come. This is the ethical dilemmas I have come to Star Trek for. Um, yeah, that is a staple so, Star Trek thing. Yeah. Yes. So I was uh, I was very excited for that. I have to take time off sometimes. I can watch like two to three episodes and then, you, and then I'm going to be like, yeah, okay, I need to do something else. Let me go watch How I Met Your Mother. For season three, absolutely. Like season three, mm -hmm. I had to stop watching it for like, a, like I watched a couple episodes and then I was like, I got to go watch something upbeat for a little while. Like th this is heavy. I'm not, I liked it better when it was like, so far seasons one and two are, I like better than three. We'll see how three finishes out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, there is a big important thing that happens on earth that changes the very dynamic of the it's mission. A, it's a big tone and, changer. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty heavy. Anyway, um, I also, I got Schmitty to um, release to me the mod pack, Please the 116 mod pack, so I could start playtesting it. Yes. Um, since you guys are off playing Valheim and I can't play Valheim because I have a Mac, um, I started playing the 116 mod pack for testing. Um, I have found a couple little things. One, I got to address with Schmitty, which I think is a little more, um, slightly more problematic. Um, I don't know if it's problematic. It, I think it's going to require a slightly, uh, heftier fix. Two items in the game have the same recipe. Ooh. Uh, and it won't let you, it won't let you choose between them. It only makes one of them. Um, so I think we have to do like a, we're going to have to go in and hack a recipe, um, so that they're unique recipes. And I found like one other setting config that I had to change to get some other things to work. Um, but all in all, um, I've got 116 running and I've been playing it for a couple nights and I forgot because I had stopped playing Minecraft for a while. And this is like, if you've listened to the show for any length of time, this will not come as a surprise to you. I stopped playing Minecraft and I got sad, started playing Minecraft again and I started feeling better. Um, so, um, I don't know when we're going to kick 116 off because you guys are doing, um, Valheim and it, seems like it, it's not fair to chris um to kill your valheim game by kicking off 116 and i don't you don't have infinite time to play both games so I, i'm just gonna sit on 116 for a little while and um and play through it and kind of um check it all out um but i have to keep playing something 
So yeah, um, it is definitely not good for my mental health not to be playing something in the evenings. Mm-hmm. So, uh, hey, if you need another play tester, I can I can play test. Oh, if you want. I mean, like after I fix these couple things. Yeah, um, I've played one sixteen vanilla, so I have that sort of basis. Yeah, I, I will say this. Um, some of the mods in there are pretty fun. The Spartan weapons mod um, actually makes weapons that do different things. Like I have a halberd that um, I can kill creepers without uh, getting them to trigger. Ooh, like cool. you have reach weapons. Game changer. Yeah. Cool. You just, uh, and they have a boomerang that's cheap to make that works pretty close to the original boomerang. Nice. So I have a boomerang and a halberd and I'm running around killing stuff with it. Um, but Spartan weapons is better than I thought it was going to be. Cool. Um Anyway, I'm still exploring the pack a little. Um, I've been messing with some of the new mods in it um, and kind of, you know, getting it along. But like I said, I stumbled onto this one. Pro- like, it's a minor problem, but it kind of knocks out part of them. It knocks out one of the mods. And I mm-hmm. like I have to talk to Schmitty about how we fix that yeah. um, because we have two there. It's the exact same recipe for two items. And when you go to make it, it makes one item, but not the other. Yep. Yeah. So. And I think that we can just go into the mod pack and change because I've seen other mods. Um, I've seen other people do it where they can go in and, ch- and tweak a recipe. Mm-hmm. And if we literally like just add one thing to this other recipe, we would be yeah. fine. Like add a stick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, so I've been doing that. Um, and again, I talked about iHunt. Um, and I'm getting my vaccine, my second vaccination shot Yay. on Monday. Yes, very good. Which I'm very excited about, um, which is my birthday. Um, Bob's birthday is Friday. Um, are you doing anything? I mean, and, and I know we can't like, I know we can't like, you know, like have a part, but are you like planning on anything? Like, are you treating yourself? I or took you... the day off of work. Nice. My mother is making me dinner and a birthday cake and then bringing it over and dropping it off for me. Nice. She wanted to have a restaurant deliver a meal to me. And yeah. I was like, don't spend money on like a, a restaurant meal with exorbitant delivery fees from like DoorDash or whoever. And sure. Uh, and then it's going to show up cold and, you know, like just, well, it's going to sh- probably show up cold anyway, but it, it's all going to be reheatable <clears throat> and the cake is cake. So I haven't had, but it's, mo- it, it's mom cooking and it's mom cooking. And I'm like, as long as you don't mind putting a little time in to do the cooking, I would much rather have that than to have you spend money. Yeah. And do that. So she's like, yeah, no problem. So I'm like, cool. So she's going to give me one of my favorite um, of her meals. Um, I, I get shit for this because it's we should be talking about this in the after show. Okay. Well, I mean, we'll save that part for the yeah after show. But all right. So you're taking a day off. Yeah. Um, mom's bringing you some food and cake. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm, course, I'm actually. Falcon in the Winter Soldier. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually. Oh, yeah. Falcon in the Winter Soldier. Yeah. I'm actually. So I'm co-opting your birthday. Yeah, uh, because I have no idea what's going to happen after I get my COVID shot. Plus, my birthday's on a Monday. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so take um, the Friday, right? So I'm just going to like I'm celebrating that weekend too. So my choice was um, I am going to go pick it up myself because I don't want to wait for it by um, delivery. But I'm going to go order Fat Bob's. Nice. I'm going to go order some ribs and some brisket and stuff, and I'll just like basically like wait outside. It's curbside delivery. I'll just yep. pull up get it. it it's not going to be super hot by the time i get it home but it's fat bobs yeah. and like fuck it like and in um, honor of this momentous occasion we're having, having ribs. ribs yeah yes um, yeah my birthday is in like two and a half weeks so you know yeah. go aries 
Woo. Yes, Aries for the win. I will say this, um, as, and this is a sign of my um, faltering mental health, is that part of me is like secretly wishful that I get a side effect. Because it'll force you to take a break. Yeah, I was like, yeah. oh man, if I could just I like, if I could just be exhausted oh, on damn, Tuesday, I could just, symptoms. I could just not go to work. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Like, like the other day when Tony said that they had a power outage at his office, and I was like jealous, and I was yeah. like, man, I would love to have yeah, a power you, outage. Yeah. Like, man, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Like, but that stuff never happens yeah. because you know, like my data centers are all dual powered with diesel yeah. backups and all that. Like, they don't they don't power outage. Um. So anyway, yeah, it's probably a sign that I'm not doing well. That I'm secretly wishing <laughs> for. Um, secretly wishing for side effects so that I would have some time off. Um, and, and honestly, like, I'm like, oh man, wouldn't it be just great if I was exhausted for a couple of days? Yeah. <laughs> like, and had to take time off and just sleep. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, anyway, but Monday, I, so I took Monday off because obviously I have to go get my shot. So I, I actually have my birthday off as well. I do not have Friday cool. off. Friday, I'm, I'm Friday, I'm doing a, regular days worth of work and then monday i'm taking off to drive to syracuse and get um drive to syracuse get my shot get home before i turn into a spike protein factory again and set off my immune system uh and yeah. then just ride it out cool which is why again yeah we're not doing we're not recording pandas yeah. on monday we're not doing misdirected mark on tuesday so i get a little bit of a break even if yeah. i have to go to work on tuesday so all right um, Anyway, we should probably wrap up and get out of here. Yeah, so uh, before we do, Andy Fox, uh, tell people where they can find you uh, on the internets. You can find me on Twitter. That's where I'm most active at Crafty DM. I recently unlocked myself. So yes, I have, I have come out of the lockedness. So <laughs> you can actually follow me just if you want to. Cool. Uh, Redemption Podcast is at redemptionpodcast.com or on your favorite podcatcher app. Uh, she's a super geek has backlog is available at sasgeek.com. Uh, what else? <laughs> I am on TikTok, but I rarely make videos. So <laughs> I'm also on TikTok and never make videos. Are you on TikTok oh. as the crafty GM? Yes. Okay. Yes, I am. So you might, you, yeah, you might, um, Although if you friend me, you might get some stuff on your timeline and be like, hey, why do I have this? And be like, oh, it's because I followed Andy. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Cool. <laughs> I'm still getting weird stuff. I don't know. I don't know where I came from on my TikTok. So that's probably me. <laughs> yeah, you know, if you pull up the bottom menu, it'll tell you like oh. why you're getting it. Or if 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 somebody else, like one of your friends liked it. Okay. And they're like, we assumed you would. And you're like, yeah. Nah. Perhaps like we'll have a TikTok 101 in the after show. Okay. All right. All right. Roll us Patreon out of here, shout outs. You know what time it is? It's time for the Royal Court again. The Royal uh, Court. The Royal Court. So thank you to Andrew Dacey, the Warden of Whiskeys. Andy Warden Olson, of the Duke of Dice. The newly anointed Queen's Witch, Chromatic Chameleon. Hey. Craig, welcome. The Lord of One Name. Eric Bontz, the Duke of Gators, and the Lord of Beefness. No, those Beefness. are not both titles. Only one of them is an official title. <laughs> Which one? The Duke of Gators. Uh, Duke of Gators. Is the Lord <laughs> of Beefness is a nickname because the Beefness. GM Gerrymander, the Lord of the After Show. Uh, Jesse Wait. E what? Yeah. That, that's him. 
Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yes, you can buy your way onto the show. Yes, I, yes. I don't know why people are surprised about that. Yes. You totally can buy a spot on the totally show. Totally can. Yes. We can be bought. Jesse Edmond, the Royal Doctor. I didn't buy my way onto the show. Jim of Jim Loves Games, the Royal Merchant Emeritus. John C. LeMay, the guard at the end of the world. Evil John Carney, the court necromancer. Kevin Lovecraft, the Royal Beard. Richard Wyatt, captain of the Royal Airship Fleet. Schmitty, the keeper of the labyrinth. Tiberius Starcrash Smith, still one of the best names ever. The Baron of Britannia. And one of the other best names ever, Todd Crapper, the prophet of probability. Thank you to all of those people, and thanks to everyone for listening tonight. If you are free on Tuesday evenings at 8 p.m. Eastern, uh, 6 p.m. the Queen's Time, or otherwise known as Fox Time, uh, come join us live on Twitch, where you can chat with other listeners in the chat room for life and ask us the occasional question. And if you cannot make it to the live show, check out our podcast each week, wherever you get your podcast. And take us to some of the other shows of the Discord Mark Network, such as Mastering Dungeons, Bonestone Obsidian, the FM Gamers, Hannah's Talking Games, The Gnomecast, John Crew Hustle, The Lounge, Bonus Experience, and back episodes of She's Deep and Deep. You can and should also check out our sibling podcasts, Tabletop Bellhop, The Nights of the Night, and the always amazing Gaming and BS. After you have picked your IP, and before you pitch it to your players, leave us some feedback. Uh, you can reach us directly at the old-fashioned emails, as the kids say. MMP at misdirectedmark.com. Hit us up on Twitter. The show and the network is at misdirectedmark. I have no idea where Bob is on this. I'm grid. still in the same spot I always was. Oh, okay. Very good. Robert M. Everson. Yep. Is it still yep. GM Gerrymander? Uh-huh. And then farther and over I'm from DNA him Phil. is Handy okay. Fox. All right. Gang. And I, yeah, there you go. Yeah. That's- if you like what we do here and on the other shows in the Misdirected Mark Network, you can support our Patreon campaigns. MMP, Mastering Dungeons, and Pandas Talking Games are at patreon.com slash MMP. Zhangu Hustle is at patreon.com slash Zhangu Hustle. And Bonus Experience is at patreon.com slash bonus experience. Patrons of MMP, Mastering Dungeons, and Pandas Talking Games get access to the after show, pre-production show notes, musical parodies, which we haven't done one in a long time, the Bamboo Lounge, and other special releases. This has been a Mr. Mark production, the media arm of encoded designs, Mic drop. We out. We out. <laughs>